Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who do I who do I got with me here? Paranoid Coder, like always. And Paranoid Coder, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. That's awesome. That is awesome that you're doing good. I'm doing good as well. I'm just going to assume that you asked me I that you wanted man. to know. But. <laughs> <sighs> so did you want to know or not? That's going to be the question no, here. Always, man. <sighs> okay, well, cool. You know, we're good at that, so, yeah. Anyways, how's everything been for you? It's been good. It's been busy. I took a vacation to California. How um, was that? It was awesome. It was relaxing. It was a much needed break from, you know, work, the daily, everything. I even um, was in an area where I was staying where I had like no cell service. Mm -hmm. uh, so much of the time I just didn't really have internet access. So it was actually kind of a forced unplug, but it was good. That's uh, really awesome. You know, I was around family and like everything I needed. So... Sounds good. It's always it's always interesting to see how much we need like pull back and get that break because I uh, I personally didn't have my first day off from work like first like my own sanctioned day off from work until uh, several weeks ago and I was looking forward to it so bad and then once I had it you know it's funny I was planning to do I pretty much said if I can play Devil May Cry five for like three hours a day I'm good. I failed at that completely. I went, <laughs> I didn't sleep in. I woke up early. I went outside. I did a ton of stuff, but I did what I wanted to do that day. And it was so refreshing. Yeah. Honestly, these days have gotten older. My days off and stuff like that are usually filled with being productive. Mm -hmm. um, I like obviously to jack around, you know, play video games, stuff like that. But there's a part of me that as I've gotten older, um, sometimes like the anxiety of knowing that I have a lot to do supersedes that. Oh, hell yeah. And doing chores feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the natural high. It's just kind of a thing of all this stuff needs to get done. So let's clear it off. Oh, great. This is all off my plate. Fantastic. Right. So, yeah. Right. No, I feel that. So what have you been up to this past month as far as modding goes? Have you got oh, anything done? I did get some things done. Now, I ended up getting some stuff done that we're going to be talking about, so I want to do something a little bit different. The stuff that I ended up doing that we're going to be covering, I'm not going to cover here in this segment. This is a new segment we introduced two months ago mm -hmm. where we just kind of talk about you know what we did modding on the side and all that. Mm -hmm. But I do want to talk about the one thing I did do, which we're not covering on this episode in terms of news, but we have covered it before. Devin, do you know what this is? It's a DSi. XL. This is a DSi. Do people know what I might be talking about with the DSi? I, I definitely do. It's something that we talked about several, several months ago on Mod Chat. This DSi now has custom firmware on it thanks to the Boot ROM exploit that was released. I don't even remember when it was released, but at this point now, you can actually install custom firmware on your DSi. You need to do it through Flipnote Studio. There's a little exploitation type jig that you can do. And I think that's like the overflow. It's kind of some kind of an overflow. Kind of sort of. Where like the data is way too large, like the note data. Yeah. If you import the note data, it's way too large. has some kind of buffer overflow. That would make sense because you're essentially going in. There's like two images that are there and you go in and you copy one and you're like pasting it to another. I'm overly simplifying this, but when you do it, it ends up bugging out and then you're able to run on unsigned code right and from there you're able to modify it dump your nand all that other fun stuff so it's a real good time but yeah um i've played around with flashcards quite a bit with ds's dsis i actually bought this from gamestop for 40 dollars like three years ago when they were clearancing them out and now they're not clearancing them out so i don't know why they did that but um it was on 1.4 
I didn't know if you could do any sort of modifications on it aside from flashcards, so just on instinct, I did not update it. And then I've kind of just been waiting for custom firmware. I used the official guide for it as well. I will say the guide's not perfect. There were about three or four issues I ran into. And every single one I was able to solve within five or 10 minutes of Googling. Um, but in the end, I do have Haya custom firmware on here with Twilight Menu. Very nice. So essentially, I can kind of like show the audience here, for example, like I have mine options. So if I hold down the A button and start it up, that's how it's looking now. Sweet. So yeah, like nice little like instant boot ROM bug and everything on there. So I can access all the stuff here. And then I'll even show you like... Yeah, Twilight menu, or I can just reboot the damn thing. But I have it, so just by default, boots up here. And this is essentially a system, well, the system NAND is now loading off of the SD card, so kind of the equivalent of an MU NAND. And that's all off the SD card right there, and I can load up all of my DS games and everything through that. Very cool. Yeah, if you load up the Game Boy Advance BIOS on here, which I did, you can also play Game Boy Advance games, although I didn't have very good luck with that. So, really? yeah. But hmm. yeah, no, I mean, it looks nice and everything. And then I can even go like right here and it's all a little bit slow, admittedly. Yeah. I mean, DS. Yeah. Cause I'm also using like power. a jank. I'm, I'm using like some old, no, absolutely like no frills SD card. Look, it's just saying no, now loading. Like it's not even, <laughs> it's taking its sweet time. This is supposed to be cooler, but it's just a little slow. But, oh, well, I, I do want to get a bigger SD card and then load this up properly and do a few other good things on it. Um, the downside with this is because of the um, because of the limitations of the DSi itself, you can run Haya custom firmware with no issues on 2 gigabyte cards and lower. Once you get bigger than that, you have to essentially manually change around a few files and install Twilight Menu on it. Hmm. Yeah, and it's just kind of jank. Yeah, and it's just a limitation of the DSI itself, unfortunately. But that is what I did. That is, I did two other things that we're going to be addressing. Uh, two or three other things, actually. But uh, I'm going to save those for the show. But this is the only thing that I did that was not related to the show that we're going to be covering. So yeah, DSI custom firmware. I have it. Uh, if you have Flipnote Studio on your system, it's not bad to do. So I'd recommend checking it out. We do have. I think we should also uh, oh, man. shout this out as well, too. <laughs> Modern Vintage Gamer coming through already with a donation here. $10 donation. Hashtag Mr. Mario 100K hype. Let's make it happen. Thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. That is awesome. Yeah. And again, donations are never neat on here, but they're always appreciated, and they definitely go towards helping out the yeah. show and everything. Huge friend of the show. Definitely. How, how close are you? Hmm? Are you... Where are you at on that? Oh, uh, I think I'm right now. I'm probably about 700 subscribers away. Oh, wow. That is really freaking close. I don't know how many you gain on a daily basis, but it seems like that could happen at any time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking probably within the next two weeks. It should Very definitely cool. be attainable with nice. how big it's going up. Another donation here from Tristan. As always, $2. Let's get this party started. Thank you again for that $2 donation. So. Yes. Is that is, is this uh, Tristan? Is he the one that is traditional? Yes. With his yeah, $2? Him and uh, <laughs> Katsu. They always do the $2 donations. Yeah, so. Friend of the show, mod of the show. Hell yeah. He's definitely does a good job in the, as a mod in the chat. Yeah. Oh, that's much appreciated. Always. Very cool, man. Always. Starts always. a way show off. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce this back at you, Devin. What have you done modding right? Because I know you're you're just kind of hiding something underneath the table that you're oh, yeah. dying to show everyone. Sure, sure. So while you were kind of talking about that, just to save myself some time of booting into what I'm talking about here, um, I kind of jigged up my switch here and I got it booted up into um, 
what um, the, uh, I guess the project is called L4T, but it's really Linux for Tegra mm-hmm. uh, running Ubuntu. Um, so uh, for the people that are on the watching the video, I've got it kind of pulled up here. Uh, it might be a little hard to see. No, I I can I can see it. Yeah, you can tell it's Ubuntu. Right. So this is the Unity uh, desktop. Actually, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I went and checked. It's kind of neat because um, I can pull it up here. Um, overall impressions. First of all, performance is like a bit better than what I would have expected. Okay. Like, um, what all have you done with it? Really, just kind of a little bit of browsing, a little bit of stuff. It might have even just encountered a bug that is actually a known thing, where the touchscreen kind of locks up oh um, and you were just showing me how well yeah. the screen worked right yeah, before yeah, this yeah, come yeah. on it's man kind of hilarious i'm not i'm not blaming you for it um so I'm, i might actually be hung up here as far as showing something on the video goes but it's pretty cool um it's a full-fledged desktop environment it's got all the normal stuff that you would expect to come with ubuntu um it's running ubuntu 18.04 which is the current uh lts version mm-hmm. so that's kind of neat one thing that I did find was interesting is that they swapped out the desktop environment. So up until, as far as LTSs go, up until 1804, um, Canonical, who's the company behind Ubuntu, their in-house Unity desktop was the standard uh, default desktop with Ubuntu. And then starting with 1804, um, they swapped it out for um, GNOME. Okay. Or, or GNOME, depending on uh, your preference. I see GNOME. Yeah. Um, so, looks like this person went with Unity for whatever reason. I didn't see an explanation why. It could be for, like, performance reasons. Um, I'm not really sure. I know that uh, GNOME has, like, had a lot of performance improvements over the last release or so. Um, but it's known to be a little bit buggy and it uh, kind of consumes more RAM and, uh, over time. So, I don't know. Maybe that was a reason. Overall, it's kind of cool. There's an on-screen keyboard, so you can navigate How stuff. well does that keyboard work? Yeah, we were, we, ta- yeah, we were talking <laughs> about that. I'm still confused on it. Yeah, so, I mean, it, wor- it seems to work all right. In a lot of scenarios, it pops right up, and it kind of looks like... I wish I could show you guys, because it looks like a little Android keyboard. I might... While well, I'm talking about this, I may have actually trying... Oh. Yeah, d- so... Yeah, It's I, not locked the, up. The, the it's br- literally just the touchscreen. So you can hear the volume indicator. Oh, try, m- move it. Do it again. I'm not hearing it. There we go. So I don't know. Uh, I'll try and reboot it real quick. But um, the keyboard is kind of looks like a little Android keyboard. It's kind of interesting. I'm sure it's not considering this is uh, this is Linux, and I don't think the key. As far as I know, the Android keyboard is not just easily runnable on Linux. Um, but it does pop up in a lot of scenarios. I wasn't able to get it to pop up in the web browser, which was kind of ironic. Uh, you couldn't get the keyboard you're saying to pop in the web browser. Right. Okay. Um, and so that's a, a known issue, is it? Or? I don't know. Okay. I, I know the keyboard has... I did see... Um, I was telling you, I saw the video Aesthetics did on it, and he was complaining about the keyboard in his installation video. Yeah. So. I, I mean, from what I experienced, it does not seem uh, uncommon. I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like you click into a text field, the keyboard doesn't come up, you click out, you click back in, the keyboard comes up. Couldn't get it to work on the web browser. A um, couple things that are cool about this is that the uh, dock does work. I haven't given this a try. I kind of want to. So you could dock it and then plug in a keyboard and mouse if you wanted to, which does you know, pose some interesting use cases where you can take this on a go. Um, if you can navigate it without a keyboard mouse, I mean, it's kind of cool. And you could take it to work or whatever, pop it in, and use it as a, a full-fledged computer, really. You sure. might have some software limitations because this is an ARM uh, version of Ubuntu, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it could work pretty well. So 
probably be playing around with this a little bit more, but it could use some a little bit of work. Right on. Uh, but not complaining. Uh, and, and the last thing before we kind of get off here, let's even see here. I got it rebooted now, so let's see if I can get the kind of settings menu pulled up. So let's see here on the camera. Hopefully, if it'll might be a uh, little kind of it, it. No, it's it's fine. It's working. But it does say uh, Ubuntu 18.04 uh, memory, 3.4 gigs of RAM, processor ARM V8, graphics Tegra. Um, 64-bit OS, etc., etc. Right on. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it works. I'll be playing around with it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm not that many bugs for a first release. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the one most disruptive thing is that it's got uh, no sleep support. So right on. You turn it off and on. Right on. Um, but yeah, I don't know uh, if you have any other kind of questions around it or anything you want me to uh, hit home on it. Uh, no, I mean, that's, I guess one thing I wanted to know is how, um, how long, um, how long did it take you to install that? So, um, basically there was an image that you downloaded, right? Sure. Um, a dot image file. And then you just like install it through like Etcher or something? Yep. I use Etcher. Um, I've been using Etcher for a long time to make uh, installable flash drives for Linux distros and stuff like that. Sure. So I used Etcher and, uh, once I did that, I was booted in through Hikate which after you load the image file, it's got Hikate on it and everything like that. So you don't need to modify the SD card. Oh, anymore. okay. That's really cool. Yeah. And so, then so you, you need like a, a whole separate SD card, then you can't have it coexist. Correct. Or? So okay. I, I backed up my SD card and it's totally dedicated to Ubuntu Good to right know. now. I've actually heard, um, I've heard people complain about that where they've said that like, yeah, you need to have a whole different SD card for mm-hmm. the setup. So thanks for confirming that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, I haven't tried modifying any of the files on it or anything like that or trying to like push it to load more. Mm-hmm. Don't even know if that's possible. Um, I'm guessing it's probably not because of the way the thing is formatted. Right on. But it, yeah, it works. Oh, and I guess one more thing. The Joy-Cons do pair. You have to pair them manually. So How do you, oh do you pair it through like the the Bluetooth, the Bluetooth? okay just like as if it's a Bluetooth cool. I accessory had to, I had to do that when we messed around with it on the PS4 yep. I remember that um, so that's cool it works uh, it does not work when they're connected so you have to take them off so they're in Bluetooth mode um, okay and one thing that disappointed me about that I haven't tried it with any games so that'll hopefully be something I do get into uh, but it doesn't have any mouse support or anything like that so it seems like without games like as you know it works like a plugging in a, a controller into your PC. Okay. Right, it's not going to automatically get mouse support. It's going to be dedicated to games and stuff like that, and that seems to be what these Joy Cons uh, do as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit more news on that. I'm going to try and get my dock set up to be plugged into the TV with keyboard, and mouse, and stuff. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, I'm very interested in seeing that because mm-hmm. yeah, I have not messed with that at all. So, yeah. By the way, are you are you going to keep it running on your side? Or do you need like turn it off or no, anything? No, I'm going or? to. I was thinking about it, trying to think if there was anything else really. You did um, say sleep mode is um, sleep mode's not a thing on there, right? right. You so cannot if you just put it in rest. If you just hit the power button, um, it's not even really worth demoing. But you hit the power button, doesn't do anything, uh, and it seems like the only way to shut it off because I can't actually get the power menu to boot or open, and I don't know if that's just because the touchscreen's so small. <laughs> nice. Um, but it seems like the only way, because they even say on the forum just to hold the power button for 10 seconds, and it shuts off. Okay. So Good to know. Uh, so just going back to the old school, like, well, the proper, like, the switch hardware itself yeah. shut off mechanism. So, But, cool. uh, you know, I don't know. For somebody who, I can't even say wants a cheap Ubuntu thing, because you could get computers for way cheaper than the switch. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's cool. I think it's worth tinkering around with, and it could probably serve someone's uh, good use case with it being a, 
uh, dockable and undockable. It's a cool thing to do just because. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's not like some barely working broken thing. And you haven't messed with any emulators or anything on it, have you? Not yet. I want okay. to get into a little bit. I understand it's probably going to be some performance loss as opposed to running it straight off of the Switch OS. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be worth playing around just to see how the Joy-Cons work and kind of how it holds up. Sure. So yeah. about all I got for now. Right on. Cool. Well, we do have a couple of donations that like these came through while we were going all the Linux things. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and tackle those. You got one. Sure. Many, right. So X41. Friend good, of the show. Good friend of the show. Good friend of the show. Yeah. Um, awesome person. Bleep bloop for two euros. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but we appreciate bleep, it. It means bleep bloop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. uh, we're all robots when it comes to we are all this technology bloop, bleep, bleep, bloop, you know so thank you At so much for that yeah. robots man i want to be a cyborg one day <laughs> augment my body yeah yeah be like riding out here uh as for another one we also got a five dollar donation from tag media saying you oh god burping <laughs> used your ps3 hen tut last night version 2.0.2 can finally use my usb hard drive on my super slim many thanks man keep rocking in the free world and doot doot loot doot 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 Exactly. We yeah. added that very last part there, <laughs> but thank you, man. That's also much appreciated. And yeah, it is. That is one thing I am looking forward to covering on here. And we have here another $2 donation from XBMC Mods for Xbox. Loving the stream. Keep it up. Thank you for that. Much appreciate that as well, too. It's a good thing I know what Nardwar is because I don't think we've ever talked about Nardwar. No, we, we have <laughs> never talked about Nardwar one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But no, that could have been much more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's what his reference was, though. That he, he did say keep rocking in the free world. Yes. So, yeah. So thank you very much, all of you guys who have uh, donated so far. This is a popping stream to start with. Hell yeah. So in terms of donations and people, there's like a lot of people. There in here. are. I don't have the viewership on my screen here, but I almost it's one of those things. I kind of don't do that on purpose, because if I see like 200 people viewing, I will like freaking psych myself out. Yeah. And if I see like 20 people viewing, I'm like, oh, OK, this is fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll just always pretend that there's only a small amount of people viewing. Yeah, so man. I don't know how many viewers there are right now. That's the way to be. Yeah. It's like uh, Instagram experimenting with not knowing how many people liked a photo. Like, yeah, that's just, what's happening in. Um, that's what's happening in Canada right now. Yeah. If you're using Instagram in Canada, there's uh, they hid the public uh, likes on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Oh yeah. Anyways, so yeah, that kind of like this <sighs> month in modding. Um, no, do you have anything else before we wrap up this little? No, segment? that's it. That's about what we did. So let's go ahead and get into the topics we have. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I know you're probably a little bit more passionate about this one. Just a little bit. Do you want to take the first one? I certainly don't mind. All right, All right. go for it, man. Cool, cool. So this is, let's get into this first topic here, which many people have been shouting out already. But this is PS3 Hen, and this is just one of the many, many updates for it on PSX Place. But, Devin, do you know, like... You've seen that we've covered, you know, PS3 exploits, tools, HIN, and all that. We've covered mm-hmm. this stuff together. Do you mm-hmm. know um, all too much about HIN? Uh, well, in this context or just in general? I guess in general. So, yeah, I mean, homebrew enabler, homebrew enabler is typically what it stands for. Exactly. So, usually not, like, full control, usually not full custom firmware. It seems like that applies here just all the same. That is directly on point with this, yeah. So, in short, uh, right here, this has at least been updated by the PS3 exploit guys there. Uh, but I know that this was initially released anonymously, I want to say, and it was open source and everything. But PS3 Hen was created and built and released for 
all PS3s running 4.84 HFW, which have HAN installed on them. So you have to have HAN 4.84 already installed on your PS3, and then you install HIN, and the cool thing is, then you have a homebrew enabler. So at that point, you're able to, for the first time on Super Slims, for example, you can run homebrew on every single model of PS3. And right now, to date, um, every single PS3. Because the latest firmware is exploitable right now. So if you have a 3000 model series slim or a 2500 series, which is higher than 3.56 on Minver, or you have a super slim, definitely give this a shot. It is awesome. It works super well. And it does a excellent job bridging the gap between, um, what is it, between hand and custom firmware it is not a custom firmware by any means so do not get that twisted it's not a jailbreak however it does have a lot of really awesome stuff here so for example you know the basic stuff is it allows you to run homebrew on here for the first time but many different things that were in the recent change log so now for example there's wrap activation on the fly there's c00 unlocking capabilities on here as well for anyone that doesn't know, that means that in short, as opposed to getting a license file, getting a package file, re-signing them to your system and installing them through hand, you can now just install the package files as is, and then you can run the licensor, and this will essentially do what React PSN does for custom firmware systems. Um, compatibility is a bit limited. Uh, so anything that you're doing through like running games through multi-man, certain modification tools, you cannot convert it to a deck system like a debugger developer system, for example. Uh, but many other things like um, booting up games through Irisman, multi-man, several others, you're going to have some limitations there. So games that do work on custom firmware might not work very well or if at all on hand. Uh, there's going to be other limitations as well, too. Like, I know now you can use PS3 ISOs on there, but I believe people are still having issues with PS1 and PS2 ISOs, but there's tons of fixes on here. It's just, it's constantly evolving, constantly improving. This is awesome. Like, I've, I've been using it a good amount. It's awesome. It's really exciting to get into. There's just tons of stuff that's here. So if you have a super slim especially, you are really doing yourself a disservice if you are not using this. Right. Now, are there any, like, there's no downgrades currently available, right? No. To get you down to a firmware where it is custom no, firmware capable. No, absolutely not. Um, the, only, the only way you're able to do that is if you have a... Uh, minimum system version if if your console came on a firmware 3.656 or lower from the factory you can install custom firmware on it but afterwards they end up changing some stuff which mm -hmm. people a lot smarter than me can tell you exactly what they change but they change some stuff to the point where you cannot run custom firmware because essentially you still need that dependency on 3.55 mm -hmm. so well it's pretty sweet it is yeah it's fantastic Especially, so it's always nice to get something like this out for pretty much every console <laughs> yes that's on the market yeah so. so even so, like it's I've I've been definitely recommending this here. And even so, I will say that if you have the option, it is better to have a custom firmware system. But if you only have a super slim, you cannot get a hold of another system and you have hand on it. Install HIN and it's going to cover pretty much everything you're going to want to do with a custom firmware system. And for people who want to really fully utilize a custom firmware system, those are going to be more power users.
Yeah, I'd say so. And even this, like, um, you would probably know better than I, but it seemed like this actually had a surprising amount of features that you would expect to be featured in a custom firmware. It doesn't yes. have everything, but it does have more than perhaps your average homebrew oh, yeah. enabler. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it is just packed to the brim. It's insane. Right. So, Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Should yeah. we address this uh, donation real quick? Yes, we should. Cool. So You want to grab it? Sure. Tag Media uh, said... For a five dollar donation, which again, he's asking a question here, not necessary. Um, we're happy to take your questions and stuff like that. But yes. there's also a Q and A section at the end where you can get your uh, question in without dropping some dollars. But yes. we appreciate the dollars. We do, we do. So, uh, Tag Media says, "What do you think about the Anon Dev behind Hen? I think it was created by someone who programmed for a studio or was close to Sony. Um, I'm not familiar with this anonymous developer." Yeah, so Hen was released anonymously originally, like as I mentioned, but it was released as open source, so that's how it's been maintained. I don't know why it would have been released anonymously. I don't know about that. Hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of just it's kind of just gone under the rug where there's been a few times where it's just been listed like, "Hey, we are not working on this like PS3 exploit team." They're just kind of like, "Hey, this was this is an anonymous release. This was just put out there anonymously. Everyone who's covered it has said anonymous release, and it just dropped out of nowhere." Um, as to why nobody would want to claim credit for it, I'm not sure, and I feel like it would probably be someone who had to be really knowledgeable in the scene with it. I, mean, I, I could get think of one reason. Um, next exploit win. You know, if no one knows who you are, you're right. not going to be hounded. You don't have to deal with any of the publicity or any of the anything right. dealing with the negative side of this, right? Uh, most of these people are putting this out there for the love of doing it, for the love of the community anyway. They're not looking for fame or money, really. Maybe mm-hmm. some are, but a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people seem to uh, really, like, regress in their um, uh, just kind of, like, keeping up with things and kind of having the drive to keep going because of the negative side of, you know, that, that subtle fame. That I mean, we covered it. that with the flow, if you remember, yeah. um, where he had that issue where he just kind of said like, Hey guys, can people just not ask me ETA when on things when I tweet out, when I, whenever I tweet out something that's not related to console hacking, like, please right, right. just chill on that, please. <laughs> and a lot of times uh, these hackers have like multiple, things going on you know what i mean probably Mm -hmm. have multiple interests you know what i mean it's like unless you really kind of set up your social environment to really be able to funnel out a lot of that stuff if you come out with something really cool that a lot of people are interested in uh you could very well be bombarded to the point where you just don't want to deal with it anymore yeah Uh, i could very much so see that happening it takes the fun out of it yeah uh, whether it's someone from like a, you know inside a studio or whatnot, you know, I don't know, but I think that's probably one logical reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like I don't think it was anyone from a studio. That'd be really surprising in my opinion. I think it's probably just someone who's really knowledgeable in the PS3 scene who kind of just whipped it up and put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other people, they they were some theories where it seemed like one of the common ones. I think. Uh, who was it? Who was it? I want to actually, yeah, X41 was saying this. Uh, MVG was saying this as well, too. C&Ds and lawyers, essentially. So I guess it could mm. be that, too. Yeah. Um, if it's running anything that could be nefarious on there, or even just if people just don't want to be, if they just don't want to put their name directly on it. So. Mm-hmm. And PlayStation in the past has, or Sony, has uh, been 
heavy-handed at times. You know, it seems like as of late, maybe they're holding off a little they, bit. They've been pretty lax on the PS4 side, and I, I feel like I've had this discussion with people. I feel like that's been because um, this, the, like the current PS4 exploits, they are offline. They're on outdated firmwares, and Sony's only gone after the people who have been selling pirated goods essentially yep. and reselling pre-modded pirated systems they haven't been going after the developers who've been working on this stuff and even then they've been putting out their stuff as open source so they're showing they're not using any sony code when sony was going after people with the ps3 before that was because there was code that was floating out from sony there was mm-hmm. uh, hidden keys magic keys you know system keys that were getting put out there mm-hmm. so that was something a bit more different but it seems like Hackers have uh, hackers and modders and reverse engineers have definitely learned from the PS3 on that. So they've tackled the PS4 a different way, and they're kind of saying, "Hey, as long as we're really like keeping this offline and we're keeping our code public source, we're not using anything Sony related. It's probably going to be okay." Well, that because does... out of the even sorry to cut you off, but even that. if let's say let's say a million people mod up their PS4s, ninety-one million have sold. And those 1 million PS4s aren't going to be getting online anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I, uh, I think it's nice that because it is open source from the get-go, we have a lot of reassurance that that's, you know, it's not a risky thing to distribute, I think, community-wise. Sure. Um, you know, worst-case scenario, I guess they could go after the people hosting the stuff mm-hmm. if they came down to that. But we know that it's not containing any, like, Illegal or copywritten binaries. But man, I've I've seen Sony. I've literally seen Sony DMCA before. Like they they've DMCA just regular regular retail firmware updates. Hmm. So yeah. even sometimes those are misused. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, regardless, I think we're all happy that this is out and available for people. Sounds like it's pretty sweet. It is. Don't own a PS3, like uh, many of you probably know. I haven't caught up on that, but this is pretty awesome. I'm happy for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Use it. Seriously, use it. (laughs) So staying in the PlayStation side of things, but getting off of the PS3, we actually have some PlayStation Classic. Yeah, we're covering that little thing right there, so... Now, I think you know, like, uh, a little bit of, like, I guess, not the history, but, like, maybe the, uh, what would you call it? It seems to be almost like a history repeating itself a little. Kind of, yeah. But basically... We've talked about this before on the show, haven't we? I think so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know we've talked about it in person at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is the true blue USB stick for the PlayStation Classic. Oh my god, this damn thing. So this is basically um, somebody who has packaged up Bleem Sync, essentially, which allows you to play um, some other games on the PlayStation Classic that you can load yourself through uh, the USB drive and um, also kind of access some extra settings to be able to tweak some stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, DRMified, and it comes loaded with yeah. pirated games. So, you know, I wanted to cover this last uh, last topic, like, last chat Last month, I can't even talk properly. I want to cover this last month. This debauchery has got you all. Confused. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to cover this last month just to talk about how ridiculous it is. And I said, no, you know what? I don't want to shed any light on this. But some, some new stuff has come to play. So this right here, we're, first of all, I just want to say I'm not trying to do this to promote it. Nobody buy this shit, okay? No, Nobody you, buy this. You can get, I mean, I would even say 
if you look hard enough, you can literally get every single thing that's on here yes. for free. Yes. Maybe not recommended, but you're not paying for really anything here. At, yeah. the, at the most and at the least, if you're talking about just Bleem Sync, it's out there. Yes. I mean, come on. Yeah. But this right here, this is the True Blue Mini. And here, it, it comes in this package. It says, over 100 of your favorite PS1 games, hours of retro foam with your friends, blah, 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 blah. This is the official site it's on. I don't even know if I want to link this down below. In the, I'm not even going to link this in the description, right? I'm not even going to link this here. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> but... This comes in three different packs, and in short, Which this is, is what here. Made me crack up the most. This is the True Blue Mini Fight Pack, 58 of the best PS1 fighting games included. So it has all these games here, and this is as Devin said, Bleem Sync with games on it, preloaded already. Yep. It has the Meth Pack with 101 it, games it, on it. You heard that right, the Meth. And it has pack. the Crackhead Pack with 101 other games that are on here. So. I get the fight pack, but the meth pack and the crackhead, does that even mean anything? Is there so, even like any relevance to that so, title? Uh, okay, I think I have kind of a theory on that. And um, if if anybody knows of um, Gregory Rasputin, who he's, he's in the PS3 scene, he was saying on Twitter that he believes that these names might be from... Uh, might be kind of poking fun at him because years ago when he was super against True Blue when they were doing stuff on the PS3, he was essentially calling True Blue users meth heads and crackheads. Hmm. Yeah. So he feels okay. like they're poking fun at him here with this. Which that could be plausible. But even even looking at this, so it, it essentially, this is how it comes. It has, you know... The box looks nice, at least. It has one of these, um, one of these splitters. And then here's the thing. The flash drive, I wanted to say this. This isn't even a good flash drive. <laughs> no, I got a bunch of these from China. I got like the 512 megabyte variants, but this is like one of the cheapest types of flash drives that you can buy. As you can see, they didn't even brand anything on it. They just put a sticker over yeah. it. They just put a sticker. That's yeah, it. It's pretty cheap. So they didn't even give you a good flash drive. The sticker isn't even cut well. Mind you. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you're, you're correct on that. So the reason why I'm sitting here freaking out about this, and I said, you know, because some people might be saying, all right, you know what, what if what if I just want to go and, oh, God, okay, I don't, let me just get out of this. What all right? have you done? I don't know, man. I don't even know anymore. Some people might be saying, you know what, if somebody wants to pay for pirated games and whatever, let them. That's their own doing. Because these are cheap as well. They're like 20, 25 bucks, right? And even to that point, it's like, I really don't, agree with that it's like no. if, if you're gonna pirate something i think it's silly to pay for it yeah that's my opinion when it comes down to that but that's not the worst thing the reason why i'm bringing this up now over a month later is because according to this reddit thread here which i'm gonna link this all right because this is important but here they were saying true blue installs script to block unknown usb drives except theirs and this user uh let me see tap and yeah tap and tap that's it they said, I feel it's important people know this, so I am posting so users know what they are buying. So fair warning to those who own a True Blue stick, I don't. But when Swing Flip was working on the Mod My Classic team, they did a dump of the USB sold by True Blue, and it was discovered that the device installs a check for compatible USB devices, theirs, and will shut down if it detects a non-supported device. When it was mentioned in this sub, uh, it, yeah, in this sub it does, I wanted to see for myself. 
I went to go look at the script and sure enough, it looks like it does. It seems to install something to the internal kernel so it's permanent unless you have a stock backup to reflash. I haven't seen what it installs myself so this is just going off the dumped code. Here's the code block if anyone is interested. So on top of that, on top of that, if you decide to be lazy and you get one of these right here, you're locked to that USB drive. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. And so... So it's DRMing your yeah. system with their USB drive again, which True Blue has been known to do. For anybody that doesn't know, I'm sorry, I'm going to go in no, on this. No. I'm worked up now. For anybody that doesn't know, this is the same company where, if they sound familiar, they did this stuff on the PS3 side of things, where they had their True Blue firmware, they had True Blue USB dongles for the PS3. And what those allowed you to do was if you were on firmware 3.55, you could install their custom True Blue firmware. And then you could play you could play games that required 3.55 firmware or below. Anything higher, you needed to be on a higher firmware, which would of course get rid of your jailbreak. And this is before, you know, higher custom firmwares were a thing. So what TrueBlue did is they knew how to decrypt some of these games. So they were decrypting, or I can't even say they, but the point is. There were release groups, there were pirate release groups that were putting out games that required higher firmwares that were decrypted, and you could play them on jailbroken systems. But you could only play them on jailbroken systems if you had the True Blue dongle. Mm -hmm. So they were specific True Blue dongle releases. So these were games that required higher firmwares that were decrypted and then re encrypted with True Blue firmware, like True Blue pirate DRM essentially. So you had to buy this dongle in order to play those games. So this is now, they're just cut off, the, they cut out the middleman completely. They're just giving you the games directly at this point. You don't have to go elsewhere, but you can only use their USB drive. Well, what, uh... Fuck this. Know. So there's, I think there's a couple, <laughs> which isn't the first time that anyone no. has seen um, DRM kind of in like a product like this. And I'll take it back to like, let's say Gateway on the 3DS, all right? So Gateway, basically they sold you the little... Uh, a couple of carts that it came with and essentially they had like a software well maybe after like the first release they had a software only solution but they made you have the gateway card to be able to I launch it and it was basically the, the card was just a drm tool to you know force you to buy that to use their software you know that's kind of dirty but it is what it is but this is now not only doing a similar thing but excluding anyone else so let's say you buy this you realize oh i want blame sync just the open source version. I want to go run this myself. You now can't because yeah. this is installed a script that prevents any unknown flash drive from running. So it's not just like locking down their software that may have been already, you know, copied in a way that breaks GPL, but also they're preventing you from future in the future doing anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the scummiest part. Right. Um, and then you throw in the fact that they're giving away pirate games with it. And it just, really really just i don't know yeah it goes yeah. right down the train look i'm that. one of those people you know we sit here and our stance is generally hey look we're not wanting to promote piracy it, we're not going to promote it on here if you want to pirate that's your own thing we're not going to tell you what to do just don't bring it around here all right even with this it's like i personally think paid piracy is stupid mm -hmm. i yeah. think it's stupid to pay for a service like that to pay to get something pre-done if you're going to get some for free god damn it get it for free yeah, that's my opinion on that. But when it's coming to this, where it's locking it down, where you're, you're essentially this is just the PlayStation Classic version of pirate DRM. Yeah, yeah fuck that. 
And I did want to point this out. Someone in the chat, uh, Tavin, pointed this out, and I noticed this. Oh, the, the thing in the script? Yeah, so the, actually the file itself, appear, the name appears to be True Blue is the Best, Fuck the Haters. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me bring it like, up on screen it's here. It's an even worse look. That's like one of those Easter eggs for someone to find, yeah. and they found it. Yeah, lick yeah. file. It goes in media, and it's True Blue is the Best, Fuck the Haters. Yeah, I mean, you could have even... <laughs> You could have generated like a UUID for the file name or something like that, or had some generic thing that didn't look too suspicious, but Mm -hmm. you had to be blunt about it, man. Yep. So yeah, I am not promoting this. I think BleemSync is awesome enough. And we talk about stuff like SXOS, which has some benefits, even if they are doing some scummy things. However, this is really, uh, this is past the line. You yeah. know what I mean? This no, is, fuck that. Again, I'm um, going to put, I'm going to put the link to the Reddit thread down below in the description to warn people, but I'm not putting the yeah. link to their website. All right. I was just showing that to show people right. what the hell this thing is, but um, God damn it. Yeah. Don't even give them the network traffic. No, uh, no. Let me be the dumbass giving them the network traffic. Right. So yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say on that, but it sucks. And uh, you know, don't give them any money, don't fund them, and hopefully, you know, nature will take its course. Yeah, let's hope so. We did get another donation from Modern Vintage Gamers saying, more rants, please, for $5. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, like, one of the last times I was talking with MVG, uh, he enjoys it when I get worked up about things because yeah. generally, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty chill, happy person, everything. But I remember there was, like, one night we're talking, I kept getting worked up about certain things, and he was like, man, I never hear you, like, go in on anything. <laughs> So anytime, like, I, I love the dude, MVG, I love you, big respect, but it was like every time I was about to get into rant mode, he's just like, oh, okay, this is going to be good, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've had a really good authentic rant on the show yet, we'll have to find something that really ticks me off. Yeah, I, we've had disagreements on the show, but yeah, you've never had somewhere you're just like going all in on, on a rant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Pretty chill. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, have oh, we uh, beaten that dead horse? Yeah, we cool. have. So, uh, moving on to the next Sony console, we have some big news here. We do. And we talked about this last mod chat. We did. So, do you want to take it off here? Uh, sure. I'll take this as well. So, in the last mod chat, we got to talk about the Flow's new, he called it this, a PS Vita jailbreak. It is supposed to be his third, and he says most likely his final one. It was going to be Trinity, and we talked about, you know, getting the ETA out and everything. Everyone, prepare your PSP games, all that stuff. It just required you to download one PSP game or PSP mini game, and it could have even been a demo, Mm -hmm. and back it up using QCMA and wait. And it was actually supposed to come out, oh, I don't know, around this time, but... He ended up releasing it about a week early. So last weekend, we ended up getting Trinity. And I think it might have even been a little bit. No, it was eight days ago. All right. So here, Trinity is the third public jailbreak for the PS Vita, which supports the latest firmware's 3.69 and 3.70. The exploit chain consists of three stages, the MIPS kernel exploit, the PSP emulator escape, and the ARM kernel exploit. So essentially here, you need to have a device on, it's not recommended to do this on a exploitable device if you have something on 3.6 to 3.68 or anything lower. Mm -hmm. If you're on 3.69, you have to update to 3.70. If you're on 3.70, you can follow along with this. If you're listening to this right now as a 
Right now, 3.70 is the latest, so if you're even considering it, I would go ahead and update before another version comes out, and that becomes more yes. difficult. Yeah, but there is fantastic instructions here on if you're on 3.69, how to update to 3.70. Again, you just get a PSP game, a PSP demo, a PSP mini game, a PSP mini demo, and then essentially it consists of backing it up via QCMA, installing the trinity exploit to that game so you have to essentially break the game to exploit it and then you port it back over to your system and then from there you're able to launch that game it will then do all of its magic and everything it will escape and then it loads up something called construct which what that does is it allows you to download vita shell install hinkaku um, reset your tie hen text file and all that good stuff and essentially at that point you are modified now the flow is really saying here that this should really just be a temporary exploit because mm -hmm. it is very easy to patch. First of all, if Sony releases a firmware update right now, it is probably going to patch this up. Mm -hmm. If Sony pulls off all their PSP games right now, it's gone. If we somehow lose PlayStation Network access on a 3.69 or 3.70 system, like that's it. It, the exploit's gone. You're, you you can't exploit it anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's why you need to at least download the game if you're even thinking of doing that. But then on top of that, if let's say you're you you have to your memory card gets corrupted, you have to format your system, you accidentally delete your game, your exploit is gone. So it has been highly recommended by the flow to use the 3.70 exploit, even though it is it is stable, it's working and everything, and you can use stuff on there. Not everything has been updated to work on 3.70. Mm -hmm. So he's been recommending. Use this exploit, get your system modified on 3.70, and then downgrade yep. to 3.60 or 3.65 firmware. You can do it using Midoru. It's quite simple to do. So I did this on a couple systems. Really? It works super well. Yeah. Very it's cool. incredibly easy to do. Um, using the manual method here, I will say, like using the command line and all that, that can be quite daunting. I mean, it's fun to do, but it can be super daunting to people. Uh, but there are several easy one or two click tools out there. For anybody who might be asking, because I have not covered this yet, I will have a video covering this, and I will also have another video covering how to downgrade using Midoru. So those are, I mean, they're already in the works and done. They just need to come out at this point, but... Yes, they will be coming out. So don't worry. There will be, you know, a video at least here on that. But if you're impatient, you can do it yourself as well, too. Very nice, dude. But big thank you to The Flow for releasing that. And it caught me by surprise. Again, he released it last, I mean, what, it would have been the 6th. It would have been last Monday. So if I had some extra dollars around, I'd be getting a PS Vita right now. Oh, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Some good stuff. <laughs> But yeah, uh, awesome work. The flow definitely has not disappointed yet again. And in the past, his work has seemed to be extremely professional. So something to jump on right away, I'd say, if you can. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I am seeing. So just uh, one recent thing. I know uh, that one Martini's asking. Honestly, do you think? Do you guys think Sony would even bother with a Vita update at this point? Console is way into its twilight years. My opinion, I personally can see an update coming out yeah I because do. this is every single psp game is going to be exploitable here and it's not like it's not like the 3ds for example where dsiware as long as you have another system that's modded and available dsiware transfers are just always going to be a thing on that mm -hmm. uh this can be patched by sony it should be easily enough i would say 
And their system, even though, yeah, they've stopped manufacturing it, they're really just sweeping it under the rug, there's still games that are coming out for it. And there is still... There's still skeleton support on it, I would say. So Sony does have reasons to patch it. Yeah, until, like, all the servers are shut down for that thing, uh, you know, anything regarding it, I think that we're in the realm of possibility to get updates on it. I don't see why not. Especially, uh, I don't know if it was actually noted here, you kind of mentioned something, but it seemed like uh, the flow indicated that it was fairly, it would be fairly easy to patch. Would it not be? uh, I mean, I I I would think so, but I, you know, I just, I don't know that the technical implementation or anything like that. I mean, if it, but I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think the funny thing is with it, because previously in the past, so before, like there were actual Vita modifications, you could access the PSP emulator and you could modify a PSP game to do that, which I had done on one before, but that used to be through specific exploit games. And the way Sony would always fix that is uh, they would just pull the exploit game Mm -hmm. from purchase and then they would fix it in a firmware update, and then the next firmware update that comes out, they would put that game back on the store. Yeah. So they just took down the game. But this is a vulnerability that hits every single PSP and PSP Mini game. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I think that Sony will probably drag their feet a little bit. I can see them waiting a few more weeks at minimum to patch this. But uh, certainly we've seen updates with the PS3. We've seen update Even the PSP, it's been a while. But remember how 3.60 was just... No, not 6.60 on the PSP was just open game for years. And then randomly 6.61 came out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the same thing happened. Everything was updated for that within a day or two. But Sony did make a minimal effort to patch even the PSP. Yeah. Long after, you know, people were thinking it was going to be you know, officially supported. So and I think the reality is if there are games to purchase on the like PSV to store, mm-hmm. there's incentive there. They're yes, still there getting revenue from people buying games and stuff like that. And if there's still money flowing and this is a way of getting around it, potentially, I don't see why they wouldn't invest some time. You know what I mean? Sure. People are making business decisions, not like, moral or intuitive decisions right it's not like oh yeah that's that console's on its way out blah 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 blah. we're not manufacturing anymore it's like could we make more money yeah or could we lose money if the answer is yes to the second one then mm-hmm. i don't see why they wouldn't invest some time into it sure so yeah cool Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, uh, I've you know you you've given me the um, you've given me the last few here. So uh, yeah, how about one. yeah, go ahead and grab this one here. So we're actually getting into some kind of legacy console news here. If yes, in, we in are. A sense. And this one makes me happy. Yeah, I think this is this is pretty cool. So basically, we're talking about the Super Nintendo, and more particularly, an emulator. Um, should we go ahead and, before we get into this, should we take the donation that just rolled yeah, in? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. We we have a simple um, $2 donation here from um, Ethel Monk. Nice. Thank you. There was no message attached to that, unfortunately. Definitely, if you have some, put it in the chat or save it for the Q&A. We'll definitely try and address your thing because we appreciate you spending your hard-earned dollars on us. Hell yeah. That is not necessary, and it's much appreciated, as always. As always, man. So I guess let's go ahead and get into this. So basically, um, BSNES, which have you ever used this emulator? Um, I think it's BSNES. BSNES? BSNES. Yeah, BSNES. However you actually get it out I I say BSNES, but yeah. Um, Uh, I I have never used this, no. Just total side thing. I've always 
hated the SNES like moniker. Really? Yeah. No. Nah. I what I don't understand is people in the or, US here will say SNES, but nobody will but people will say NES, but then they'll say SNES. That's what pisses me off. There's and no consistency it, there. And I wouldn't call it the NES. I would call it the NES. So, so I've so. called it both. I say the NES, and I've also said NES or NES. Yeah. And people have just gotten pissed about that when I say it instead of spelling it out. And I'm like, well, what the hell? So so what are we going to agree upon? Are we going to, like, we, we have to either spell both of them out or we have to pronounce both of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would say, personally, I'm an, an NES guy or a SNES slash Super Nintendo guy. Mm-hmm. There's no NES. There's no SNES. NES is a video game character. Okay, yeah. I got that. So, I don't know. That's just my thing. But, I'll let it be your thing. Getting back to the actual uh, content here. So, this emulator got an update. And, essentially, it's to force HD Mode 7 on all games. And look at that. That looks so nice. It does. It's extremely crispy. Um, Got my chest shaved and everything for that, man. (laughs) God. Please you, don't show. You've 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 dealt with me too much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised at anything you say. <laughs> but um, basically, so um, here in the description, I, I didn't actually even know. I mean, I guess I knew of the uh, uh, the concept. I didn't even know what it was called. But um, um, Mode Seven essentially was utilized by games like F Zero, Super Mario Kart, and some others to look a little bit better. I don't know what the limitations were to this. I don't know why it wasn't used on all games. Maybe you have information on that. Um, I don't. I mean, not all games needed it, though. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, but it's clear that uh, they could have benefited from it from that screenshot that you showed. So essentially, this forces it onto all games, which, uh, as this describes, it says basically scaling up to four times the original resolution. Um, but from what you said, you said you were looking at a change log, and that kind of had conflicting information. Yeah, I was I was a little bit confused on that. Let me let me see. Yeah, so here near the bottom. Oh, I guess with there was a there was another update, but here um, added Durkones. I guess that's how you say it. Dracoons HD mode 7 up to 2160p around 100 frames per second boost for fast forwarding configure latency and wave out right so so yeah you can I mean uh, basically you're going to be s- potentially seeing your Super Nintendo games in the best quality that they've ever been in and the, the big thing about this um, because I know there's going to be many people that also still prefer you know the actual Super Nintendo hardware and I totally agree with that and I'm, I'm very excited for this mind you um, but the reason why I'm excited with BSNES here uh, BSNES however you're going to call it um, is that this was created by Bu? I believe that's the developer's name yeah and this developer creates his um, specifically creates this emulator here to be the most accurate emulator out there Hmm. so i know like a lot of people use snex uh, snes 9x because it's so well known it's easy to configure all that stuff my bad man i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) it's very easy to use it's very easy to configure all that stuff and it's just it's out there everyone knows about that but bsnes is the most accurate emulator out there so if you're looking for pure accuracy, go with that. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. one thing, and um, now you're just making that even better. 
I've never used this emulator myself, like I mentioned, but I did do a quick search, and I could really only find this available for Windows. Mm-hmm. So that was a potential limitation. Um, I might be wrong, uh, but I, I only found a Windows link for not just this build, but any build of this emulator. Okay. So uh, if you're looking for run something on like a, a RetroPie or some kind of uh, console, you might not get it, but the source, I think, is out there. Um, not sure. I I've personally never downloaded it. I I do need to really try it though. And yeah, no, there. I'm seeing it here. So it's on Buse site directly. But yeah, BSNES is Super Nintendo Super Famicom emulator. It's a subset project of um, Hagane. I believe that's how you say it. And uh, yeah, the source code or the Windows binary. And source code Windows binary. So primary free BSD Windows Seven. Secondary Linux Mac OS. Hmm. So maybe maybe there is. I guess you need to the hmm. Git code repository. Maybe it's one of those here. that you got to compile yourself. Yeah, I think that might be it. Hmm. Okay. Well, so uh, you would know more about this than me here, but oh, I mean, I, I mean, take me a minute to figure out if it actually sure. <laughs> can compile to other <laughs> platforms. But um, so it's possible. Maybe don't rule that out. But uh, it looks like the first class citizen is Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, Really cool stuff, though. I really kind of like seeing stuff like that, where you're getting a lot more detail out of this, a lot more quality without it looking like weird and unnatural or something, right? Because uh, those screenshots mm-hmm. look like Super oh, Nintendo games. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, no, this looks great. I and f- I mean, we don't have any video of it, unfortunately, here. Right. But I mean, just like look, look how nice that cleans yeah. up. I mean, there are going to be purists that are going to want, whether it's you know on real hardware or not, that I'm sure are going to like their nostalgia is going to feel weird mm-hmm. seeing something like this right oh yeah but i think it looks gorgeous i think for the type of game it is that is awesome that looks like actually it looks like a modern game say made for like the switch or something like mm-hmm. that that's supposed to be retro but like is new and modern and now it's retrofitted to those old games and i mean yeah. the biggest thing for me is just the textures it looks insanely good yeah and by the way i mean this keeps coming up but that that final fantasy 7 remake trailer though yeah looks pretty good yeah i know that's unrelated but god damn it like that trailer though <laughs> I, i'm just holding back my excitement honestly like until it actually comes out i'm not really giving it much of my my attention not know, for man, any it like make, protest, it, make, but... it makes me happy i understand though i got you that that's me with the new tool album like well, i'm in... starting to finally allow myself to get excited but also a big part of me is just like nope until i have the cd yes i'm getting a cd of it See, until I have the CD physically in my hand, nope, not believing. And what kind of made me crack up? Because I mean, I, I'm sure it's getting closer. I'm sure it's probably which one? Final Fantasy? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm not a tool guy. So I but, am. I know. I know. <laughs> but we're sticking to video games right now. But the Final Fantasy thing, you know, it's we've heard about this for gosh, it feels like nearly a decade. Yeah, and that, that's that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, it made me crack up because I saw this and I was finally expecting, like, okay, are we going to get, like, some date? Like, even if it was, like, summer 2020, right? Mm-hmm. But it just said more, more in info June. in June. <laughs> it's just like, hey, okay. what's next month, man. But what does more info mean? It means more info. We have generated the engine to generate the cinematic trailers. Exactly. Now we're starting game development. No, Amen. I really doubt it. I'm sure they're f- farther along than that. But it just cracked me up because I'm just like, here we go again. <laughs> you know, um... But pretty cool stuff. Anyways, let's not get sidetracked too much with that. We'd save some of that for the Mm -hmm. Q&A. So, uh, 
So I'll let you grab this one. You would. I feel like you'd be more knowledgeable on this than me. Here, mm, yeah. So I didn't actually hear about this until you posted something. So really, uh, to complete the segue here, we're moving into some Switch chat. All right. Yes, we can't are. go a month without it. Of course, Mm-mm. you already know. You already know. <laughs> but this is this is pretty interesting. So, uh, essentially, there's a game called A Dark Room that was out. And basically, it was out on the market for, I think, about a week. Was I think it was like two weeks or something. Maybe the chat can clarify. If anybody knows how long the dark, well, a dark room was on the Switch eShop, please let us well, know. And even the wording here says, last week I released this. And from what I heard, just a few hours after this was posted, it was taken down. Okay. So I, let's say let's say one to two weeks, okay? Mm-hmm. And basically, this is a game. Um, I don't really know much about the game, but it's it, it's uh, sorry to interrupt. It's a um, it's a text based adventure, mm-hmm. kind of like Zork. Okay, cool. So basically, if you plug in a keyboard, so do you know if a keyboard was necessary to play or no? It wasn't. They had it was not. Keyboard? No, it was it was all well. It's just you just pick your options oh, that, because okay. it's a on. It's it's an on-screen text-based adventure. Okay, so this wasn't a where you have to type out like no, no, go no, no. left, and that was really from explicit. what I understand. I don't. I, I think maybe an on-screen okay. keyboard for some things, but so essentially the deal was if you took a USB keyboard, plugged it in, and hit the tilde key. All right, so the the, the weird squiggle one in the top left the, corner the of the keyboard, the squiggly right there. Yep. It's called a tilde. <laughs> and so if you hit the tilde key, then it would basically bring you to a ruby interpreter mm-hmm. so for those unaware ruby is a scripting programming language so it runs kind of on the fly um and you know you can write legit code ruby is a uh you know people have different opinions on ruby but it's a pretty popular language that has a lot of stuff out there and uh kind of one of the benefits of ruby is the reusability of what they call gems which are essentially their library system so um kind of one of the I don't know what you say, call it kind of just uh, things about Ruby in general is that there's like a gem for everything. Now, how low level does this go? Probably not very. You're probably not going to get access to a lot of system related calls or anything like that. It's probably like a very user land oriented thing, Mm -hmm. but you could pretty easily code up a a small program, a demo, maybe even a game. Um, I don't know if it would save it. I didn't see anything about that. Honestly. I don't know and about I that either. I really didn't see too it's, much about it. And of course, I don't own the game either, so right. I can't play around with it. It was probably just like an on-the-fly interpreter, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And then the developer himself came out and said, hey, this has been out for a little bit. Look what I did. And mm-hmm. then got his game taken down. Yeah, and I I don't even think it's going to come back. Oh, yeah, I doubt yeah, it. You want to know how you piss off? Not just Nintendo, any company, you sneak something like that through certification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything running arbitrary code, it's not, yeah. Although, yeah. I mean, seriously, this is something that does irritate me a little bit. I, I t- Maybe, like, deceiving users, quote-unquote, like, fl- slipping something in, but I don't see why a user land, um, you know, script interpreter is a bad thing. I was going to ask your opinions on that. I guess, what is what is the most damage that could have been done from this? Most damage is that there's an exploit that was found that i don't know you know it's hard to say because i'm not i'm not an exploit developer i don't this is not the realm that I. but do you do you think it would have been realistic to have something using this interpreter here to exploit the system to break out like run homebrew run unsigned code of some kind i'm gonna say i doubt it without a lot of work and then it's also like patch your shit 
Like, if if you have a, a if you have an exploit there, Ruby is not going to enable that. Ruby is not an exploit kit of any kind. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if, if there is going to be a flaw, that's going to be Nintendo's flaw, right? So you fix that. Like, I, I think something like this could be really cool and actually could, like, promote, you know, programming on a cool system at a young age, if done right, as opposed to, like, shunning this kind of thing and almost putting it in the hacker realm and, like, scaring people. And it's interesting that you say that because did, do you look, did you look any further into this story or not? Uh, not not too much, no. Okay, the, the reason why I was asking is because this, uh, the developer behind it, he actually cited that same thing. He said... I just wanted this to be something that a kid stumbles upon and maybe their programmer parents can teach their kids the the love of coding using the Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch and they can work on that together. Um, it's just, th- this was just poorly rolled out. It was really, the developer put it into the game. I know as an Easter egg, but he put it mm-hmm. in. He didn't disclose to Nintendo. He knew, I'm just saying, I mean, if he hit it, he knew that it wasn't going to fly, mm-hmm. and then he put it out like this and announced it, and Nintendo took it down. Um, I think if he was more forthcoming about it and really presented it to Nintendo well, there could have been a better chance of putting it in. Mm-hmm. At worst, Nintendo would have said, we don't want that, get it out of the game. But if he was really showing them and had it you know, vetted and tested and all that in certification, I think it could have been really cool to have something like that on the system. Yeah. So he kind of shot himself in the foot with that. I would agree. Definitely not the best execution for yeah, that. The or, sentiment is awesome. The execution was poor. <laughs> but we also don't know if he had tried before and basically did almost like a suicide mission where he was like, you know what I mean? Uh, I would think maybe he would have announced that aside from it, but maybe he didn't want to throw him under the bus. Instead, he was just like, look what I did, as opposed to like, screw Nintendo, you know, uh, I'm going to do this anyway or something like that. I mean, he, he, did, he played it pretty passively against Nintendo themselves. But yeah, it's, I think it's a little blown out of proportion. And I think these days with like app stores and stuff like that, where we're distributing all this software, I think we're missing an opportunity here, Mm -hmm. but that's just me. I know when it came to the, I think this is in regards to me asking what you can really do damage wise with, uh, with Ruby on this, uh, Christian here was saying it's like hacking NASA with HTML. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So that's accurate. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I, I could be missing, like I said, there, there, I could be missing something with Ruby. Maybe there are some like serious like uh, exploit uh, li- oriented libraries or toolkits out there that I'm not aware of. But again, a lot of that comes down to like the security on the system it's running on, right? If it's a scripting sure. language, you know, you're only going to get as many privileges as whatever. But the old adage is that if something can be hacked, it, you know, or if it runs code at all, it can be hacked. Sure. Okay. And then running arbitrary code is one step closer to that. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I... It's hard because I don't necessarily blame Nintendo. I just wish we could move past that and embrace it rather than extinguish. No, I agree. Hey, maybe there could be like a 50 cent $1 Ruby interpreter that goes up on the eShop one day. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. We'll see. I just think, again, it would have been... I think it would have been more beneficial and that bridge could have been... We we could have been closer to building that bridge if it wasn't hidden mm-hmm. like it was and announced as it was. One other possible thing it could be like not wanting to get the foot in the doorway and you know give a mouse a, a cookie kind of style of things. But I guess if you are di- distributing some kind of like interpreter like that or some way to run arbitrary code, 
you could be you could facilitate a way of distributing software outside of Nintendo's kind of store or their eShop or whatever. Right, right. Um, I you know I doubt you're going to be creating insanely complex games in Ruby on the Switch like that. And as far as I know, games have don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt that game could have like direct access to the SD card to load up some source code. So I, I don't yeah, really I know. Don't, I don't know. And, and I think that's the other thing too. I'm sure Nintendo is just like we don't know what the hell this thing's capable of. Is yeah. it capable of loading arbitrary code from a from an SD card? We don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it would be cool. Because there are things out there. Like, we could very easily have on the Switch just a sandboxed environment for Ruby that would go more like a tutorial side of things, right? Like, here's an interpreter that's live. You can, like, learn code, and you can run the code right here and view your results. I think that's an awesome opportunity for a console like this, especially with the demographic that it targets. In fact, yeah. just the fact that it's all ages. You know, people can get into coding at age 5 or at age 50. So, it's a bummer. Bummer indeed. So, we can, I guess, say rest in peace to a dark room on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the Ruby interpreter. <laughs> Hopefully, the uh, developer doesn't get, like, banned for life. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like he, he would. Yeah. I mean, that's For pre- doing something like this. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, well. Side note, the uh, the looks like the developer is using Mastodon, uh, Ruby.social. Yes, yeah, that was the first time I've been on Mastodon, right here on the podcast. Kind of neat. Mastodon's cool. Um, it's, it's a little too, I don't know, I don't have time to go find micro communities like that. And okay, I got you. I tried it, you know what I mean? But yeah, I know you were like raving to me about it for a bit. Concept is awesome. Um you know, I, I enjoyed my, my time on it, but it just, I don't have time to be fiddling with a lot of that or like, I don't know. Sure. Finding these, those micro communities. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea. Open source. Open um, source. Social network. Pretty cool. Yep. All right. Do you want me, since you, you took a couple of these, do you want me to take this one? Or do you want to get into it? I, I have, I actually have a good amount of experience on this one. Do you mind if I take it? You can take it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll, I'll give you the next one. That works. Oh, sure. Okay, cool. See, th- th- this is how we, we're adults here, right? So this, this is a new development. This just sprung up on me last night. Well, mm-hmm. came out last night, learned about it today, got to experiment with it today, mm-hmm. so I can report back with results on here. But this I am excited about. I think this is the most excited I've been using my hack switch, honestly. Raycast, the Dreamcast emulator, has been ported to the Nintendo Switch as an alpha. So again, this link will be down below in the description if you all want to check it out. It just comes as an NRO file. You are going to need to bring your own games, of course. You're also going to need to bring your own uh, Dreamcast BIOS, essentially. But once you get all that started, it's very much hit or miss. And I mean that in in the best of ways. Uh, I've tried several different games on it so far, like my experiences today. So like here... I mean, you're seeing there's all these settings here that are available. You're able to get into the BIOS just fine. I had no issue with that. Jet Grind Radio plays well from what I see. I really didn't mess around with that. But uh, the games I did play today, I ended up playing Crazy Taxi, which plays super well on there. Mm. I mean, there's frame rate drops. There's, you know, know, performance hiccups and all that. But it was extremely playable. And it looked so nice. 
on this thing. This this switch right here. This is what I was playing it on. It looked so nice on it. Um, Crazy Taxi was super fun to play. House of the Dead 2, I was demoing to many people. Uh, that was real fun to play around with as well, too. I tried Resident Evil 2. I couldn't get that to boot. Resident Evil 3, um, the menus are just completely messed up on there. Uh, I tried Sonic Adventure 2. Sonic Adventure 2, it looks like it's okay. And then as soon as you get in-game, uh, it's just kind of like you're... What's the best way of putting it? It's kind of like you're going through a tunnel of, like, just Sonic broken up into lines. Hmm. It's kind of scary. Uh, what else did I try? I tried, surprisingly, though, Resident Evil Code Veronica played quite well on that. So I was really shocked how well the 3D games were playing on there. I also tried widescreen mode, which the really cool thing with Raycast is it doesn't just stretch the screen. It ends up like it looks kind of goofy. So for example, like what it does is it renders the rest of the game on the screen. So you're seeing the entire screen with a game render. The aspect ratio isn't ruined. However, when it comes to any cutscenes, for example, when they go into uh, widescreen mode, where they pretty much put the black bars there, you'll see the black bars in 4x3, but then 16x9 is all clean, like mm. the stuff on the sides. But save states works just fine, widescreen was working well enough on there. Of course, this is going to need tweaking and all that, but this is... Dude, I was just I was just purely excited playing around with this. It is awesome so far, and it's hard to believe that this is only a alpha, and it's its own thing. So it's its own NRO file, and you just launch it through um, through whatever's whatever you're supposed to. Uh, one thing though, uh, I, I I will show this. I guess let me let me kind of bring this up, and I'm gonna try and do this. Here we go. I kind of try and do this like on screen here at the same time there we go so essentially the way you're supposed to launch this is you're supposed to run it not through going through the album but you're supposed to launch it in the game mode so if you boot up any games through here if you put anything on your home menu you end up using the full power of the switch essentially so what you're supposed to do is this is really only recommended for atmosphere but you hold down the right trigger you press a to boot up any game and then your homebrew menu pops up. And there you can play any homebrew like that, accessing the full system resources. And then Raycast can be played through there. So, yeah. It works out real well. I don't think I could find the source code on this, but I did. Uh, I, I do believe it's actually forked from a. Um, oh, I guess it is designed to be multi platform. Because I'd found this most commonly referenced on, like, for a, an Android emulator. Mm -hmm. um, I've never experimented with Raycast myself, but that's definitely where, like,. I saw kind of the most talk about it, but for here, it looks like it's, you know, out of the box, the official Raycast GitHub uh, builds for Android, iOS, Mac OS, for Linux. Um, so that's pretty neat. So you've definitely got a, a variety of platforms that you can work on here. Right on. Um, one thing I did, I don't know if you saw this, but I found a kind of a compatibility spreadsheet that's floating around uh i did not see so that at all no I, will, I haven't looked into that admittedly uh, yeah somebody was asking you. about how soul caliber is on raycast i did mm -hmm. not try soul caliber unfortunately it does say and over here people have tested yeah. it and it's kind of similar to i guess sonic adventure it does say it's playable but there's a lot of texture and graphical issues and so. that sounds pretty accurate i mean crazy taxi had its um its its issues as well too unfortunately but yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll send you over that spreadsheet so you can put it in the show notes if you want. Right on. Um, but there, there's, you know, people working on that um, as we speak. There is 16 people viewing the spreadsheet right now. 
Yeah. Right on. Uh, you sent it to me all the show notes, you said? Uh, I haven't sent it to you yet. Oh, okay. We can figure that out uh, okay, okay. here in a minute. My bad. It's all good. I'm just too excited, I guess. But yeah, um, not perfect. I'm probably going to hold off just a little bit, especially because like I really want to play Sonic Adventure. It's funny that I... Okay, I, I get that. Yeah, for, for me, Crazy Taxi is just instantaneous enough where I can sit there and play it for three, five minutes quickly and... Yeah, I gotta say, after playing Crazy Taxi in the arcade, man, I don't know if I want to play it on the console unless I got a, you know what I mean? Oh uh, man, but I'm telling you, it's you're playing really the best port unless you decide to, you know, emulate the arcade version. But you're playing mm-hmm. with the original soundtrack. You're playing with all the bonus modes that were thrown in there. Yeah. You're playing with all the original branding. So you're not going to generic chicken place. You're going to KFC, baby. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You're going to Pizza Hut. Yeah. You're going to, I don't remember what else is in there, but still, all the original stuff is in the Dreamcast build. It's great. Dude, I just, I think back to when I had a Dreamcast. That was like my only time I've ever had like a steering wheel pedal kind of configuration for a game console. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was so cool. Which, how old was I? I was probably like seven, eight years old at the time. Like, <laughs> that was pretty freaking sweet. It's awesome. Definitely check it out. I think it's going to be getting better and better. And if it does, I'm going to be playing with it because it's kind of funny. I've got a Sonic Adventure and Jet. Uh, grind radio on my pc through steam mm-hmm. and i played with my pro controller so <laughs> if i can just you know what i mean am i still st- library sharing with you because uh, no, I know I, I shared so. my library with you, and then you freaked out about that. You were right. just like you you flipped out as soon as I you saw jet grind radio on my library. <laughs> I don't think so. I think. Uh, you stopped sharing with me, which is fine because I hardly ever play on my PC. And I did I... not stop sharing with you. If you don't utilize my library after a certain amount of time, it automatically mm. disconnects the share. Well, I, I'm pretty sure because I remember just thinking like, oh, I don't have that. And then I was just like, well, I'll buy it. Like, definitely worth a couple dollars. It's, those games are cheap right now. Right on. They, when I looked. But that's really, I think, all there's left to talk about on the Raycast emulator. Yeah. So we have we have one last thing. Unfortunately, we're kind of you know in this one on a sad note. Man, I should have arranged this better. I'm sorry, no, everyone. Okay. I just I hype everyone up with a raycast, and then we have to bring it down. It's okay. Q and A will bring us back. Sure, unless people just ask really depressing questions. True, true. Always possible. Nobody's possible. That. The chat's too good. Yeah. This though, I think there is something. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, I think just the fact that this happened in general is enough to be excited about what we're talking about is super mario brothers the game originally released on the nes (laughs) was ported to the commodore 64 so this is this is a homebrew port yeah right. it's not like an official port or anything it wasn't using like the original code from what Um, i see but i didn't really look too much into like the nitty-gritty of this i have no idea how this was actually accomplished i'm sure there was reverse engineering there was probably oh no doubt uh, all kinds of hackery going on but the end result is that basically your commodore 64 you would go like boot into this program which commodore 64 for people that are like even i never i never had one and i'm sure there's people even younger than that who are watching and listening but you know it was an old computer essentially designed mostly around video games but it was like back in the day when like your video game console was basically like a computer and that's yeah. it i mean they still are now but it was but m- it was it was literally a computer yeah. it, it was basically yeah. a pc Br- bringing the leafy back on there yeah <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if you want to pull up the video here, because I thought the video, just watching it kind of launched, sure, was interesting. Sure, sure. But yeah, so I, I guess kind of more of the detail on that. Like it was, because this was worked on for about seven years. Right. How long did it, it took, what, 
four days ago, uh, four days for it to get DMCA'd and taken down. Mm-hmm. Man. Which I, I can't imagine these people thought it was actually going to stay up. No, I don't think you know so. I mean? Again, this is for the love of... Holy shit, that boot screen. Oh have you not God. seen this yet? No, I haven't. No, <laughs> yeah, I it's, haven't. It's pretty wild. Yo. So, I mean, they added look like... look at that. Look at that, everyone. Hold on. Hold on. Look at that. <laughs> It's got a custom oh boot screen here, so it says Super Mario Bros. 64. I want know. to see that again. <laughs> um, obviously not built into that. Uh, it does have a recommended version there, the European 50 SPS model. Yeah, I wonder why. It, I don't know. Honestly. Oh, that's so cute. But you can see the game loading, and bam, right there oh. we get into the uh, raw oh. deal. So, you know, that little boot no, screen. No, I just read whether- about, oh my, that looks so good. Yeah. No, Yo, that looks so good. If anyone's played this knows, it's not quite Sonic, but, you know, frame rate does matter in Mario. That looks so um, good. Oh, my God. They put so much work into this. Yeah, it looks good. It I feel even legit. worse now. The speed is good, but, yeah, sadly, it's not available to the public anymore. I'm sure you can find it if you know where to look. Of course. I mean, once it's on the Internet, it's there forever. Yep. But, you know, we're not seeing, oh like, any God. glitches. This stays very true to Super Mario. This looks so good. Like, I got tears in my eyes. I feel I feel bad that the... Oh. Yeah. I feel even worse that this was taken down. But, I mean, that's what happens with this shit, unfortunately. Yep. Why can't Nintendo just be like Sega with this? Sega sees a fan game, and they, they joke about Deem saying, they're just like, oh, we're going to take down your... Nah, just kidding. That's real cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then they hire people to make the best Sonic game yeah. in years. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, Nintendo is really not going after the, the Commodore 64 market, but man, I mean, it is sad because obviously I don't know. Look at that boot. That's so awesome. This can, so I I get like emulators being released on modern things. Let's, let's say Nintendo went after uh, an Android port of super Mario brothers. I get it. That's very accessible. Like, really, how many people have a Commodore 64 these days that are actually going to be doing this? Right. I guess probably almost every single person who has a Commodore that still actively really, uses it. I really don't think having but, a a build of, a homebrew build of your game out for the Commodore 64 is going to take away any no. sales from any other variants of Super Mario Brothers. That's just my opinion on that. like, if, if it was, like, um, what I described, like, <laughs> it's on iOS or Android, and you decide not or to Or if it's on up, Switch, like, if yeah. some, uh, someone somehow gets it on you, Switch, you like, decide I get not that, to get but... Nintendo Switch Online, which has it, you know what I mean? I right. Could, I could totally see that play yeah. out, and I'd be like, I, I get you, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But this, you know, you're in the right but like, but only, God damn it! Only like legally. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like it would have been totally fine to let this go. Yeah, and it's, it's moments like these where Nintendo could get like a really good look if they even like embraced it a little. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They could have just twisted this around. Like nobody's gonna go out and buy a Commodore sixty four just to pirate. No, Super Mario Brothers, right? No. So if they were just like, hey, this is really cool, retweet this. They could have gotten some insanely good press. And I guess the other thing is, too, when it comes down to it, it's not even the guise of a fan game. This is a, a homebrew port, I guess you can say. And even at that point, it's really kind of a, dare I say, a copy of the game. So I guess, yeah, even from then, it's like, legally, I get what they're doing. But God damn it, Nintendo. I know. Yeah. It's like just as bad as, I guess, I mean, not the same, but just as bad as the Pokemon company. Yeah. I was in the same building as the Pokemon Company, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, when I visited yes. Valve, uh, yeah. I guess the Pokemon Company is in the same building there. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure their American office is a bit smaller than 
<laughs> Japanese office. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but bummer. Bummer indeed. If anybody has this and was able to try it out, like maybe Modern Vintage Gamer, who totally on record, I'm just kidding, said he was going to give me a Commodore 64. No, he didn't. Yeah, he but. totally did. He totally did. <laughs> He's we got, have it here. Apparently, this man has three over there. This man has three. But uh, I wonder if he plays Jenga with them. Commodore 64 Jenga edition or something? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I've never used one of those old computers. I actually haven't either. It makes me feel like... Real, I should. Real, I know I'm a youngin, but it makes mm-hmm. me feel real, real young. <laughs> um, I think it still freaks me out too, because even like people refer to like our Ataris as basically those are computers, yeah, yeah like old retro computers. Yeah, and I, I had an Atari when I was younger, and I don't, I never thought of it like that. So I don't know. It's well, which weird to put which my head. one are you talking about? Like a twenty six hundred or something like that, or because I mean there was like I think like the Atari ST. If, that that name is just swirling around in my head. Was that a computer? You know, I think it was the twenty six hundred. It was the twenty six hundred. So yeah. you own the twenty six hundred. Yeah. I don't know where I'm pulling Atari ST from. I'm not sure. I don't mm. know. This is what happens in my head. Okay. It's the shit that circulates there. Anyways, we're done with topics. By the way, before we start just having a Google marathon here, uh, we are done with topics at this point. This was a. I'd say this is a fairly thing i took about an hour to get through this yeah yeah good amount of topics i would say like shorter than other episodes for sure and i was kind of looking forward to that as well too but yeah because yeah, i was like you know we're not overloaded with topics and i'm happy so we have some good meat that we can carve out here yeah i agree it was i think it was a good round and uh this is my um second day getting back into working out after a couple week break between my vacation and all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. my body, my body could use your the body's shorter, <laughs> the shorter and, show. And by the way, I did. Uh, thankfully, a few people confirmed it, but I also just looked it up. Yes, I. So m- my inklings were correct. The Atari ST was a computer. Your Splatoons, Splatoons. Your inklings, my inklings, my inklings. My inkling was correct. All right. Mm. <laughs> oh man, that's gross, Danny. My bad. So yeah, uh, before we get into topics, it looks like X41 dropped another five euros. Yes, and thank you again for that X41. These are not needed, but we appreciate them nonetheless. But he's saying here, give rants about all paid for DRM-ridden piece-of-shit piracy devices you can think of. Oh, we can keep that in mind. We'll keep that in mind for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my, I'm, I'm ranted out tonight, thankfully. I feel good. I don't, know, I don't know how many more segments we can add. I think we might have to gradually work this in. Uh, we, there was that thing. I mean, there was Stargate NX, which I ranted uh, to yeah. you about that, and yeah. I never covered it on here for similar reasons. I just didn't really want to promote it. But Stargate NX is dead right now. So, But um, the Team Executor website isn't, right? Because that was down with it for a while. Yeah, yeah. That was just an observation I'm throwing out. I talked about this on Twitter, and I'm not doing any tinfoil stuff, but I don't think it's too much of a coincidence that the Executor sites and the the Stargate NX site went down at the same time. Uh, Didn't... The same time. Well, I didn't. Uh, wasn't there like a lot of who is information that pointed them to kind of like? Oh, that's a whole yeah. other thing I can get yeah. into. Yeah. So yeah, if y'all want to see some spooky stuff. Um. So yeah, it's not like X forty one wanted you to rant like right now. I understand. He just wanted it in the future, but that's what's on my mind right now. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So. 
But um, Stargate NX, yeah, that was that was kind of lame. Yeah, and for any, and for anyone that doesn't know, Stargate NX, it was a paid service where I think it was like twenty thirty bucks a month, and uh, you end up it it only works on SXOS. You needed SX installer. It used some very specific calls that SXOS had, and SX installer used. And you essentially, you get the license for it, you put it on, you pay for like a month at a time, and you're able to download updates, downloadable content, and games mm-hmm. for it. Pirated, of course, but you can download and install them and all that stuff. So, again, paid piracy service. <laughs> and it put a file on your system that said, fuck the haters. Oh, wait, that was the other one. No, that was the, other, that was the PlayStation <laughs> Classic. Just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... I don't know. It was dirty, real dirty. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to be dirty on a console, even this old, like it, the, the kind of skeeziness of that as a spectrum, but come on, it's like on a new console. It yeah. Like it, that's worse than free shop because you're literally like getting paid for it. Yeah. And even free shop, I mean, there were limitations to it. Like free shop was, Hey, you have to bring your own tickets on here and yeah. you can import your own system tickets if you want to, but you are responsible for that. So they weren't, and also it wasn't being charged for. Of course, there were a bunch of people who were, you know, getting tickets that they didn't own for games, loading them up on there, and then pirating that way officially through Nintendo's content delivery network. But it wasn't wasn't paid piracy like this, where it was files hosted on some server somewhere, and you're paying this company to download them. Mm -hmm. That was another one I saw, too, a lot of, that was entertaining, because I don't think it was a very successful service, as there were some people that paid for it, but it was the people who were against piracy said it was stupid, and even the people who pirated all their stuff were just like, well, why would I pay for this service when I can just do the same shit for free and better. <laughs> yeah, and I get more of the incentive to like create a service for normies for like like in the PlayStation Classics position, right? Where uh, a normie can buy this dongle and use it and if they really really don't know anything about it and they're totally clueless, I understand a little bit more, but you're right. The people who would even be able to use Stargate NX probably would not pay for that. Yeah. So just as a business and like how like the concept was founded and the revenue model seems kind of good. Failure prone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that it's not really operating anymore. I definitely didn't give it a try and I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone if it does come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, we should get into our questions here. So do you, do you want to take this away with, uh, I guess, explaining how this normally goes? Yeah, sure. So we're in the Q&A section of Mod Chat. We do this every single month that we do the podcast. It's at the end for a little bit of time, kind of, you know, we usually just kind of feel it out. I don't know if we really dedicate an, an allotted amount of time, but you're free to ask us any questions. We'll give the chat our full attention, address as many as we can, and just, you know, roll with it and see um, see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. So, so, yeah, if you all have any questions in the chat here, be sure to drop them. If you're listening to a pre-recorded version of this or you're watching the video on demand if you can make it out to one of the shows that would be awesome and you know you can ask us here near the end if you make it out on time i know that's a little hard for everyone we try and do them in the middle of the month we were going to do this one originally on wednesday but that just the other weeks didn't work well wednesday didn't work for you and other weeks didn't work for me so we have a tuesday show yeah. And that frees up my Wednesday, so that's good, even though I'm going to be doing a lot of shit. But yeah, we try not to rearrange it too often. But. We try not to. We're normally pretty good about doing it Wednesday around the middle of the month somewhere, but mm-hmm. hell yeah. So the first question here that I want to get to before the chat scrolls up too much, Tag Media. Um, 
They asked, the conversation about the Switch Ruby interpreter got me wondering, are okay. developers of games who wind up with system exploits punished or fined for the error? Um, he kind of followed up. Suppose you're a homebrew developer for an end-of-life system and you launch a Kickstarter to develop a game, but it's only playable on a modded system. Can you be subject to a C and D? Um, you know, I, I, that's a lot in there. I'll, I'll let you take that. Yeah, I would say, you know, I don't, it. I don't know for like for sure to answer the, your question with confidence. I say usually like no, as long as there's no copywritten material in it, right? If if it's built with an open source tool chain, um, and it doesn't have any like you know keys or any like uh, system files that are copywritten by the uh, company who developed the console. I don't think you're actually going to get. Uh, you know, more really going to go after you. Most of the time, when we see these homebrew exploits and stuff like that that come out for consoles, they uh, you're not getting these people that are punished. Now, you may see a situation like GeoHot where he like released, you know, like the PS3. Now that was a lot more than just releasing yeah. a homebrew game on the PS3. Yeah. That was like you you released like one of like that the was master keys. Yeah, that was root keys. Yeah, and then. <laughs> They even like went after him. I don't know if he was fine, but then he was basically. Had I to, think like, they settled. Yeah, they basically. He was like, you cannot touch a PlayStation or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it was obscene. Like he basically had to like uh, sign an a, a agreement to completely stay out of the scene, never release anything ever again. You see more of that, if anything. A lot of it is like you're not allowed to touch stuff. We're not going to like ruin your life, but you're not allowed to touch any of our products again. Mm-hmm. I think that's more. Um, more likely and we've even seen like you know sega is pretty lax these days and stuff like this but like on the dreamcast we've seen games that have come out that are not like oh, yeah. officially licensed sega games they are still coming mm-hmm. out because we have the ability to like burn those games and get the console to run them now it's not quite the exploit that we see these days you know they can run on an unmodded system essentially but i think it's kind of in the similar vein as far mm-hmm. as legality goes yeah, uh, I was actually going to say, it's really good that you brought that up with the Sega thing. I'm, I'm just sitting here, that, okay, that was it, Josh Prod. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place right now. So I saw that you combined two of Tag Media's questions, um, and I, I'm going to kind of go in them separately. So the one he was saying with the um, with developers of games who get system exploits, I don't believe they're really ever punished. I feel like that would be unfair because mm-hmm. the developer really didn't make that with the exploit in mind. It just ended up being, you know, kind of the crux of it. Um, but they will make, they will normally make that developer take the game down mm-hmm. and then fix that issue yeah. most of the time. But there's times where, for example, um, the 3DS, I'm thinking of that, where um, Cubic Ninja that had you know the big exploit in there and the development team had disbanded there was no active development going on on that game so who was going to patch that like nobody was going to so that game never got patched but then even first party games like for example um legend of zelda ocarina of time 3d that was also another Mm -hmm. exploit game first party game from nintendo but that was developed so many years later no multiplayer on it i don't think they had any active code development on that either Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes it's very pick and choose on what it is um right now for the second part of that for doing the kickstarter as a developer i think it really depends on the company you're doing with so with sega you have i think if you're if you released something for the xbox or the ps2 or even the gamecube really if it got too much traction you would get a C and D. but i i think it's really like with nintendo for example um not nintendo with with sega have you ever heard of josh prod 
I haven't, no. So Josh Prod, what this guy does or what this team does is they go and they end up finding games that they can port over to the Dreamcast. So they will like buy up the rights to the game and then develop a port and then release a port in like 2018, 2019, 2020 for the Dreamcast, like a physical copy of it. And those are games, you know, obviously they're not officially licensed by Sega. They are reproduction or bootleg games however you're going to call it they're not authorized by any means um and there's a big business behind it but they're also releasing games that weren't on there before and it seems like everything they're doing everything in the clear and really the only gray area and i say gray because i don't know of the details of it but the only gray area is really actually pressing the disc but sega has made it very well known they don't give a shit as shown by their, what, plus 15 years of silence on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it really, it, it would depend on the on the developer, how much traction it's going to get, uh, at the, the actual system it's on. Um, because sometimes I feel like if it's Nintendo, if it's any of their systems, they're going to care. Um, but then if you're dealing with Sega, for example, they don't give a shit. That's just free publicity for them. The Sega right. Dreamcast is relevant again for another two weeks. <laughs> Um, I don't remember exactly what, uh, what line this was riffed off of, but, um, my boy, Kyle, uh, you know, Kyle, yeah, Kyle's I good Kyle. people. he's in the chat and he said something that I, I think it was relevant to this exact, uh, conversation. It was, you have to be soldier boy to get that attention. Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking, is that I have to boss up is, is soldier watch available yet? The so- well, oh, you mean like the Soldier Game Console? The, the, just his website. Oh, it's been down well, for he, like... he made another site. Did he? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, he did. He made another site. Soldierwatch.com doesn't work anymore. And um, on, I think it was the first episode of Mario's Minute of this year, uh, the one I had Modern Vintage Gamer on, we actually talked about that. And Devin, to date, I don't think anybody who has bought the Soldier Boy Game Consoles from Soldier Watch... Has gotten their systems. I, I haven't seen. I tried to look on YouTube for people who had bought them, and all I saw were people buying the original, like from Amazon yeah. or Wish or AliExpress. Right. But no, I don't believe. I never saw any proof that anyone who bought those consoles from Soldier Boy's site themselves got them from there. I can't even find this freaking website anymore. I don't even know what it. I don't know. I cannot find this freaking thing. Remember when we showed it on the stream and it was just so bad? It's crazy. was that the drunk episode we did that? I don't remember. I honestly. think it was. That sounds about right. In December, I think we did uh, that. Is this it? Soldier Electronics. There it yeah, is. Yeah, there it is. And four hundred four not found. So oh, that, even that site's well, broken. That was for a specific. Wait. Oh, product. okay. He's got the the bootleg. The soldier pods, the soldier pods. Is that the one or the two? Apparently, the one. And the fact that he would even charge, like he's discounting it, eighty dollars to thirty. It's like, bro, eighty dollars for your fucking eighty dollars shitty knockoff. How do you know they're shitty? You haven't used them, dude. Let's see. Let's let's show the site here. All right. (laughs) Free shipping today only. I remember I was I can't remember what uh, radio show it was, Breakfast Club or something like that. And Mm -hmm. they were just like. Because he's got, you know, obviously his iPhone and, you know, his Apple Watch. And they're just like, so why aren't you using the Soldier Watch? Why aren't you? And he was just kind of like, man, you know. You know I can do what like, I want. I'm big soldier. Oh, right. No, I, I remember that was, a, that was Everyday Struggle. I yeah, remember was that. It? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, because I, I watch his Breakfast Club and the, um, oh, my God, look at this. No video If you try and leave. Leaving? I'll hook you up. Oh, my God. Oh my God. 
<laughs> so to confirm, there are no video game consoles. There's out there. no he. Hey, he had to boss up. There's only cloned soldier watches, soldier pods. But he even came out after that, I think, and said that they were coming back. Yes, he did. He did. He and he he was going to be making another console as well, and I think another console. So, yeah. Get the heck out of here, man. Uh, I'll go ahead while you're looking at that. Let me let me grab another question here. So that, that was definitely a good one, but let me see. Da, 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 da. Here, Nicholas is asking, "Have you ever watched a podcast while in absolute pain?" That's me right now. I don't think I have. Have you? Unless we're talking about internal struggles where it's like I'm like watching or listening to something or even performing and I have like anxiety out the ass. That's not fun. I'm definitely the kind of person if I'm in like too much pain, I'm probably just going to be lethargic and just stare and moan. Okay. (laughs) But no. So the answer for you would be no. Thankfully, though, I haven't been in a lot of pain in general recently. So Mm -hmm. I've been pretty healthy, pretty good. I understand. So emotionally, I've been pretty well. So. You know. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope you feel better. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope Nick feels better as well too. That's pain's not fun. Let's see. Uh, Where did you leave off? Uh, that was on Nick's comment. Nicholas's comment with the podcast. Let me see. Oh, here thoughts on the Final Fantasy VII remake trailer. That's from that one Martini. So I think it looks fantastic so far. Uh, I know that. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I mean, we've obviously been waiting a hell of a long time for this just because um, originally, I mean, people wanted it on PS3 because there was a tech demo that was released. Did you ever see that tech demo? Yeah. Okay, so like everyone thought, oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake's happening. No, it was just the tech demo of the intro. And then the remake was finally officially announced and CyberConnect 2 was working on it. And they worked on it for like a year and a half, two years, and then apparently Square Enix decided to bring development in-house, and they scrapped all of CyberConnect 2's work because they said, hey, this is not usable. So they had to restart the game again, and that's what they're working on right now. But from the trailer that we saw, it looks so much better. The voice acting I love so far, uh, I, I have nothing but love for it. It looks fantastic to me. Yeah, I'm buying looks, into the hype. That's that's me. I'm I'm it, I'm fully aware that I'm buying into the hype. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I I am not in the sense that it's like screw that game, but I'm more like yeah, I'll I'll rather play like Final Fantasy nine or ten right now than worry about Final Fantasy seven. <laughs> we do have Final Fantasy seven on the Switch right now. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess that yeah, that's on there too. I forget that. But like, you know, we we I don't know. Until it's actually out or until I have, like, a release date. And even then, it's like I expect delays probably for the history of this thing. Um, You know, sure, I'll enjoy a good video. I'll be like, that was nice. But Mm -hmm. am I going to get, like, you know, insanely hyped and lose my shit? No. I mean, we'll see. I hope it comes out and I hope people enjoy it when it does. But, yeah, it's not something I want to give, like, a ton of attention. But I I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, especially as I've gotten older, I pay so much less mind to, like, previews and rumors and all that stuff. Same here. It's just, like, when it's out, it's out. I don't have time to, like, fill my brain. Last year was the first time in recent history where I did not sit around for all the E3 conferences. I was just like, you know what? I don't... You know what? I'm just going to do greatest hits run. I'm just going to wait for all the trailers and all the news to come out, and I'm going to pick and choose, and I'm going to watch what yeah. I want to watch, and I'm going to not watch because a lot, a, a lot of the conferences are kind of just bullshit that I don't really care about. Like I don't want to yeah. sit around and learn about Madden for 20 minutes. I don't care. I've never cared about it. Yeah, I do <laughs> like those. Like you'll see Engadget or CNET or one of the big 
kind of uh, tech news outlets, and they'll do like you know the the Sony E3 conference in five minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. I I I got what I needed out of that, right? I don't need to really just gush over that stuff. Now, gush. If, if I was at E3 or something like that, yeah, sure, I might in, enjoy it and embrace it for what it is at that moment. But, uh, yeah, as far as keeping track of just rumors and previews and stuff like that. Do you know uh, MVG is going to E3? Is he? Yeah, no, he is. Oh, that's awesome. Is that, yes. that going to be his first time, do you know? I think so. That'd be awesome. I think so. So, so let's let, get firsthand experience on the lines and stuff like. Oh that. yeah, I'm wanting to know about that. Yeah. I, I would, I, I'd really, I, I want to MVG. If you're listening, I want to talk to you about that once you once you come back because I, mm. I think the thing is I'm not trying to downplay it by any means, but it's just it's I don't think it's a good sign when I'm seeing all the big companies are starting to not do their conferences at E3. Yeah. I'm actually seeing a lot more of a shift towards game developers conference and Gamescom. Mm-hmm. where those are the big media events where a lot of these companies are going to. So, like, Nintendo really has kind of been absent from E3 for the most part for the past few years in terms of doing a big conference. I want to say Sony pulled out. Um, well, is Microsoft about... the only... Is Microsoft doing anything this year? I don't know. I, don't even know. I, think there, I think there's only, like, one big... I think Microsoft's the only one doing a conference this year. Well, and if you think about it, I'm not sh- super sure about E3, but I think it follows the same suit. Like, CES was, like... It's been around for a long time. It wasn't mm-hmm. for video games. That's correct. Yeah. These were not video game conferences. Well, they, and, and they kind of got like taken over by that. Sure. For, or in, in a big capacity. But like, um, these were like just electronic shows. Mm-hmm. And then video games just got really, you know, cool. So, I mean, maybe, maybe there's some value into separating those things back out again. We've got a lot of tech that comes out, and video games just kind of would steal the show. Well, I think maybe it's because so much of advancements in games and what games can be capable of it also goes hand in hand with advancements in tech and everything as well too well and like you also see you know I don't know I don't see why companies like what what's the hype in bringing all these people to a venue to when we have so much technology to stream this stuff or whatever right like even like you think of like Nintendo Directs right Mm -hmm. they don't really like Nintendo very rarely has a big thing, but they get like thousands of people watching a live stream all at the same time. You know what I mean? If you want to tune in, do it. I mean, we're in a slightly different age where we can stream all this stuff. Well, like, that's been a big thing as well, too. There's there's one YouTuber I remember who had made a video saying that they weren't going to be going to Comic-Con anymore. And they had gone to Comic-Con every year for like 15, 20 years. And they said they're not going to go to Comic-Con because it was getting to the point where... Um, it's getting really expensive. They are wasting their a bunch of their time in lines. They used to go, you know, for the fun stuff, which is not as fun anymore. And they used to go for all the exclusive news. And the problem is, it's like, as soon as something is released at Comic-Con, so as soon as a trailer is premiered at Comic-Con, it goes up on YouTube. Yeah. As soon as, even though there was a lot of stuff that was supposed to be Comic-Con exclusive, guess what? It goes up online. So he was saying, like, even I... at the very least. At, at the very least. So he was even saying, I, as a person who covers news about this stuff, would actually save a bunch of money and get a lot more done and be able to broadcast much faster and easier if I just sat my ass at home in front of my computer and took in all the news from there, as opposed to actually attending Comic-Con. If you think about it, if you're trying to cover a certain breadth of news and you're spending so long in lines and stuff like that, like, 
you might be actually better off. If you're like a sole person, right? You don't have like a big, large team tackling like every booth. If you're just a sole person, you're going to be waiting in line and news is going to be popping up while you're in line when you could just be sitting at home aggregating all this news from the comfort of your couch. And then you're like sitting there on your phone, like buried in it, looking at all this. And then everyone's on their phone at once. So then every, like the Wi-Fi networks are going to be bogged down. If you're using your cell connection, your actual like LTE connection is going to be bogged down as well. Yeah. Yeah. Pixel 3a XL, by the way, this phone's fucking awesome. I love it so much. The Pixel 3 Axle? Yes. Yeah, no, that's a good word for a Pixel 3 Axle. Yeah. I've seen that floating around online a little bit. Okay, let's get back to some questions before we sign off. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Because I don't have a lot of steam, so I don't know how many more questions. What you're saying is you're tired. Let's keep rolling. Uh Let's keep the momentum. So in TG Television, um, maybe you know about this. It said, just installed hand slash hen on my uh, super slim. What do I need to upgrade my internal HDD? Um, I thought... You just you remove the old hard drive. You yeah. pop in the new hard drive. You have to. You're pretty much going to have to reinstall Hand and Hen because you're going to have to reapply a 4.84 HFW from a flash drive. Mm-hmm. And then once that installs, obviously your setup's not going to be there, so you're going to need to install Hand, install Hen, and then you should be good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't it's think it's pretty easy. Sound about like what I was expecting, but mm-hmm. I'll make sure I wasn't missing something. It's I, it's really easy to upgrade the hard drive on the PS3, I thankfully. Love that. That definitely makes me happy. Yeah. I see one here that that's interesting. I want you to answer this too, but even though it's directed to me, do you think the tablet scene died? Don't hear much from that. I personally think it did because uh, I'm I'm of the belief like for me personally, when I had a Nexus 4, I had a little four inch screen on my phone. I use that for little fo- phone stuff. Then I have a Nexus 7, still have the, the tablet. I use it for bigger stuff, watching videos on the side and all that. As soon as I got a big enough phone, the tablet just kind of died to me and became an alarm clock. I no longer have, even at this point, this this phone screen is six inches. I have no reason to use a tablet regularly. The only time I use mine now is like if I'm sitting like, let's say in bed really late at night and I'm sitting and doing stuff on my phone and I want to play something from Netflix or Plex on the side, I like post up my tablets there and do whatever. I think the market's died for you. I think I agree. more and more. So first of all, iPads were selling really well. Android could not get their grip on tablets, which was a problem. All right, and they kept changing things, and they kept not selling well. Uh, I don't think the Microsoft. I mean, I don't know. The Microsoft Surface is kind of there, but I was not a fan when I had one at my last job. I think it's had a couple years of iteration, so maybe it's gotten better. I think that there was a lot of like everyone was missing the mark a little bit, mm-hmm. and one of those is that um, like the iPad right now. You know, it's like the iPad Pro has got USB-C now and stuff like that, but they're not enabling peripherals. So some of these creators are just like, ah, it's almost there. Like, give us a little more permission. Let us plug in some storage. And so I I think everyone's missing a mark a little bit. But then I look at, like, my cousin's a tattoo artist, and I watch him um, just, like, we were at a family thing, and he whips out his iPad Pro, like, the 13-inch one. Oh, that's huge. He's got an iPad. He's got his Apple Pencil. He had, like, a little uh, capacitive blocking glove on part of his hand right here. And he was just doing artwork. And looking at him do that in such a powerful, you know, form factor, he was doing artwork, and he would just pinch it, zoom way in, and change his tool and get, like, some ridiculous shading in ways that you could never do. 
like not that easily on like a canvas. Like That's a real, cool. And then he'd zoom back out, and he would, then he would come in like he would draw a rough line and then hit it, and it would like basically like smooth it out and perfect it, and he could like put his anchor points and just like start modifying things. The rate at which he was able to do that was insane, and being able to do that like on the go, like you could say like Wacom has tablets where you're like a screen that you can plug in now instead yes. of just being a tablet, yes. but you can't take that like on the go, or it wouldn't be like nearly as nice. There are definitely still like use cases for it, right? Mm-hmm. And then Chrome OS is a really interesting kind of angle now, like Google with their Chrome tablets. Um, so it's like basically running um, Chrome OS as the tablet OS, and that's got some potential because it's very lightweight. Um, the UI needs some improvements. The tablets need to be a little bit better uh, and compete at a price point with the iPad for what you're getting because uh, the iPad is pretty well priced these days. Honestly, you can get one as cheap as 320 That's not that bad. Uh, and how big is that? A 10-inch. Okay. Oh, no, that's not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. And so, Especially because like, then you have to... You have to then realize that you are going to pay more for Apple products just because it's Apple. So you're just like, oh, I can get a 10-inch Android tablet for cheaper. It's like, yeah, well, mm, But Apple. honestly, like the quality, like they're they're running like a couple-year-old CPU and like a pretty decent screen. Like it's not the most up-to-date. You're talking blow- for Android? Or? No, for iOS. Oh, okay. It still blows like every single Android tablet out of the water. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's for their price point, And I think it's because of economies at scale. Mm-hmm. So no, you're not really getting that many good options that are cheaper actually. So Samsung tablets, a lot of these new ones that are like comparable are still like dang near twice the price. I guess the other thing is too, one thing that you're bringing up which which is interesting to me and this is where my brain went um because technically iPads are tablets, but even when you're saying that, I wasn't even thinking that. When I think of tablets, I think of Android tablets. I think of iPads by themselves. So for example, if this per if like this person had asked me, hey, are iPads still popular? Are they still worth it? Like I'd be like, yeah, there's definitely an audience for them. But when you're saying tablets, I instantly think of, you know, kind of a cheaper mid-range Android tablet. And to that I'm like, no, not really. No, and those are pretty much dead. Samsung still makes some, but yeah. they're the not. The marketing worked real well on that is what I'm saying. But, and it worked and- on me because I separate iPads from tablets in my brain. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say right now, if you are going to get a tablet, the iPad is the only like logical solution, unless you have like an extremely pinpointed like use case. Sure. Uh, where the Surface might work better. But if you're trying to be like a creative and use the Surface Pen to like make art, get a freaking iPad that has the Apple Pencil support because it's going to be lighter weight. It's going to be uh, probably better hardware for what you're using it for. And you're going to have way better first-class citizen applications. Um, you're not going to get something retrofitted. People are building stuff still for the iPad. True I even that. saw a video of like a, a, a YouTube creator, um, Jonathan, from uh, TLD Today. I don't know if that's still his YouTube channel. But he does tech stuff, and he actually demoed how he like edited an entire professional like YouTube video on the iPad Pro. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Right. And he was like constantly, he's like, would this replace my main workflow? No. But I am blown away at like how much I could do with this and how easily I can do with it. And it brought some new paradigms with to him because he had such flexibility between the touchscreen. Because you're not taking like a, um, you're not retrofitting like a Windows application to a touchscreen, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're good. I think we had like a slight disconnect there, but we good. Hmm. Hopefully, cool. everyone heard us. Yeah, <laughs> it should be there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think tablets are in a weird zone right now, and I think overall iPads are dominating. Yeah, I can agree with that. 
want to take like one or two questions and yeah then finish that. it up yeah let's see what else is here are, are you seeing anything that you mm. want to grab hmm 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 uh here's one i guess uh do you guys think it's crazy to have android on vita like to- i think it'd be a cool proof of concept but like for use yeah i think it'd be a little crazy yeah, because it's what... not like with the Switch. It's like, yeah, that's tablet thing that makes sense. But with what, the Vita, what would you do with it? I don't even want. I guess that's what I'm confused with as well, too. So, I don't really care about Android on the Switch. Okay, Ubuntu or like a full fledged operating system makes more sense to me because your Android's in like a weird middle land where you're not getting any real benefits, mm-hmm. right? To like running on the Switch, it's like, okay, what are you gonna do? Run other apps or what? Like. I don't know. I guess you could still run like Discord or something if you wanted. Like, you know what I mean? Like a little Discord screen, or you could run YouTube. But mm-hmm. I feel like you're gonna get so much more benefit out of running like a separate OS. Mm-hmm. Right on. We do have uh, we have one mm. uh, donation here near the end. Um, Katsu Kyojin, I believe that's how you say. It. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I apparently I've been saying his name wrong. Mm. But uh, he's saying with a five dollar donation. Thank you for that. Hey guys. Came to drop by for my monthly donate. Do either of you play MMOs, and can you suggest Final Fantasy fourteen? So I play ESO some, but still uncertain. Just a heads up, we did shout you out earlier, thanking you for your generosity. Yes, we did. So uh, We really appreciate you coming back. It was not an expectation, uh, and he didn't even hear us, so hopefully yep. you didn't have any like. I think he'll probably pressure. listen to the, the video on yeah, yeah. Hand, so. But we do appreciate so. you, man, so it's good to see you in the chat. Um, I do not play MMOs. I actually was never. I don't either. I never could really. I know you're a first person uh, or single player person, big single player person. Um, oh yeah. I always kind of like. I don't know. There was like I tried to get into some MMOs, but like uh, World of Warcraft never did it for me. I felt like it was. I've way, never played World of Warcraft. I have dude, never played, it, and I'm so proud of that. I thought it was way too monotonous. I just couldn't get into it. And on top of that, like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I'd get to a point where if I started like getting into something, like I played with my brother for a little while, I played with a couple of friends, and then. I do a thing where I just take time off. I don't want to have a video game be something I'm dedicated to. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just, you know, I'd rather do a board game if we're going to get together and play games and like that. Or something board like games that. are awesome, man. Something I don't have to keep up with. Like, as soon as something like that becomes a chore for me, sure. it's out. Because I can say I can not play a game for a month and be fine. You know what I mean? But I would love to come back and finish it. Mm-hmm. It's just how I... I don't know. How do Yeah, I can I can say from other people who have played a bunch of MMOs, it seems like Final Fantasy fourteen is that really awesome middle ground between getting awesome support, getting into something casually, but also you can go hard at it if you want to. So from other people, I've heard Final Fantasy fourteen is a fantastic MMO. Um, firsthand, neither of us can say anything about though because we're not MMO people, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what it is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. Interesting. I think I actually heard it on a podcast recently where, like, they were talking about how the launch was really, really poor, and then they kind of, like... They completely rebooted and saved it, yeah. And I guess they even, like, in the game storyline itself, it had, like, some plot twist about the world being, like, recreated and reborn. Something like that. And I was like, that's... Because one of my friends, uh, shout out Charlie, he he lived through that whole thing. Yeah, I I think that's pretty neat. If they're going to do something like that, yeah, twist it into the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Got another donation here. You can grab this one. Sure. Uh, Tag Media for $10. Trying to pay us to do math here. 
Um, two trains will collide. Train one leaves town A at 5 a.m. at 60 miles per hour. Train two exits town B at 7 a.m. traveling 70 miles an hour. The distance between the two towns is 455 miles. When will that collision occur? You can't pay me to do math. I mean, I was going to say, I'm not doing math on here, yeah, man. I'm I sorry. got my degree four years ago at this point, okay? I'm not trying to go back. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he has at least <laughs> says, this is a joke donation. Enjoy the cash, and thank you. I appreciate pre- it. Appreciate I actually it. don't know if I've ever solved a math problem quite like this. I'm sure if I like said I have before, like in high school, I yeah. did that. In college, I never had to, yeah. but in high school, I did. I'm sure I could like break it down if I needed to, but I'm not yeah. going to bust out the pen and paper right now. Yeah, I say, though, because we did ask, we did grab one question, and then we got two donations. Let's grab one more like non-donation question. Yeah. Sure, so. sure. Let's see. Do do you see any that you're well, wanting to grab? I do want to say this isn't a question, but a shout out here. That one Martini is saying, I should mention I'm currently watching Mod Chat on my Switch via L4T Linux. Adds to the presentation of the whole thing. Uh, That's cool. awesome. That so is YouTube awesome. is like, well, yeah, YouTube is usable on that. Can we just get another donation? I didn't even read that okay. one yet. So I'm going to go through a couple things here. Katsu, Kyogen, Kyogen, however you say that. I think it's Kyogen. Kyogen. One more question for me. Uh, new video win. Uh, do, do, do you have to challenge me again? Uh, I don't know. I will say, so like a couple months ago, I ended up moving in with my girlfriend, which she's not like a blocker for me uh, making videos, but that added on to just uh, everything else in life, different things. Everything okay. has been moving very quickly and uh yeah i mean I, I would like to round off a couple more videos uh for a couple of things uh but I, I don't know i don't have a set time i've been just kind of like after the last year i kind of just uh took the load off said i'm gonna like roll with this and get to it when i can I don't even have a good filming area set up no. so i don't know no. but, Devin, Devin, no you did make a video i guess so I have. <laughs> it's not the ones that you, you're expecting, but yeah. It, it was, it, I, I guess, I don't know. He made a video for me. He yeah. Made, he made are, a video. It was a good video, by the way, but he, he made a video. He sent it for me. It's cool. It's going to be used here very soon. Yeah. So. Yeah. You all will see it. Don't worry. But. But yeah, it's just been one of those things that like, I, I have not had any free time. I've been focusing a lot more on coding recently, you know, but, um, you know, I don't know. I'd like to at least make a couple videos to kind of round off. I would like to talk about my iPhone experience since I was a long-term Android user and I kind of like teased that a bit. I'd love to round that off, uh, but YouTube is not going to be some primary hobby of mine, I don't think ever. In fact, I've thought about this a lot. I think more what I would like to get into is like... If I am going to be releasing content, I would like for it to be maybe more of a blog format. Okay. You know, uh, cool. distribute my knowledge that way. Just, you know, I've learned it was a fun time, but YouTube videos just are not my thing. Um, it takes too much time, and I find that I get much more value out of investing my time elsewhere. And time is not something that I have in excess of. I understand. So I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. I think it's awesome that someone wants to see my videos, but how it is I'm you'll sorry, see guys. him here on the channel yeah. very soon <laughs> and to round off that because he asked one more question shortly after one more question new uh, or no sorry earlier i made a joke oh no sorry I, no, I, nicholas I, is asking yeah I, I mixed up names here so nicholas asked earlier i made a joke in camel case what is your per- personal case preference i guess it's a. Uh, it depends i mean yeah camel case over snake case you know, if we're talking about like variable names or something like that, um, Python developers usually use snake case on that. I find it's a, a waste of characters. Like, uh, so compress it. It's fine. I like camel case. So I guess that would be my answer. Cool. 
We do have another donation from X41. God damn. And now you get the ETA win. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So for five euro here, ETA win that PS3 video. I don't have a date on it. I have the video done. Like it's done. It's rendered. It's good to go. I just don't have an ETA on it. But uh, this summer it will go out. So I have, I have an interesting PS3 video. And I hope the PS3 that got to you got to you very well. Yeah. Um, Did you know that the DVD logo app is also on the Vita? Let's grab that one. That'll be the last question we answer. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little hungry, and we should wrap this up here. I did not know that it was on the Vita, but that makes me smile. I'm not too surprised. Even if it was like a different implementation, that that, that was fun. Did you know you could also speed this up? <laughs> dude, I didn't even realize you had that going. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's been nice. going this whole time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very good. Oh, um, okay. Try to find any last things. I don't really see a whole lot. I mean, that's it. That, yeah, that's, let's let's wrap up there, I say. Wrap it up, Dan. Wrap it up, Dan. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, thank you all for watching and listening and tuning in, everyone, whether you uh, tuned into this live or you're listening to the MP3 or you're watching the video after it's been recorded and broadcast live on YouTube. It's absolutely appreciated. I guess, Devin, where can people find you online if they're wanting to link up with you? If I ever eventually make another YouTube video on my channel at least uh there's a channel out there paranoid coder you know i'll have it linked down below in the description of this feel free to go i'm, I'm still trying like keep up i know <laughs> i have actually a couple comments i need to get to but i try and keep up on the comments on my older videos so if something like that interests you i'll, I'll try and uh, get back to you guys um, love having discussions on some of that stuff uh then also you can find me on twitter same handle paranoid coder that's where i'm definitely most active you can uh you know tweet at me get me in some discussions, get my opinions, you know, outside of the podcast and I'll be happy to do so. Hell yeah. How about you, man? Uh, I'm pretty much all over the place. Uh, primarily YouTube, Mr. Mario 2011, of course, mod chat podcast on most major podcasting platforms. I also have a solo or sometimes guest podcast, which is Mario's minute. Um, that's also available on YouTube and most major podcasting platforms. This episode was really fun. I actually recorded it last night with a friend of mine. Uh, that was a really fun episode, so I definitely recommend checking that out. If you're wanting something a little more personal and not directly related to modding or anything else of this stuff, just something completely random. Um, I'm most active, like when it comes to social media, definitely active on Twitter, I would say. Uh, but I'm also on Instagram and pretty much Mr. Mario 2011 on everywhere else. Uh, we also have a Discord server as well, too, which I recommend people join in. We have a really awesome community and um, you know, it's pretty tight knit. It's a real fun time to just like hang out in there and either lurk or chat with people. Unfortunately, I'm really not in the voice chat like ever, but we have a lot of fun time with like, there's, if people are just read the rules, God damn it. Just read the rules. But as long as you read the rules, we'll, we'll get along just fine. I'll say that. Um, but even if people are needing support, we end up like creating a support, um, thread in there as well to channel that's it so uh people have been joining in for some help on stuff as well which works out pretty well it seems to have gone over pretty successful just yeah so if you want to join the community feel free to do that so discord's another big one which i need to get better with promoting but that's going to be down below in the description of this stream or video on youtube and that's really about it mm -hmm. so yeah overall this has been a fun episode yeah agreed yeah i need to pee he does i do Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and listening, everyone. And uh, until next time, signing off.